time has come. The time is now. In this corner with Brian Campbell returns with the Pro Wrestling Edition and another episode so loaded. Let me for once agree with the Silver King here and dispel with the long intro and get right to business. So much has happened in the week that was in WWE and beyond. News both incredibly sad and exciting. You want the reaction. You want the take. Here it comes. So my co-host, the Silver King, Adam Silverstein, he's back to join me with a detailed reaction along with a equally detailed preview of Sunday's historic WWE Evolution pay-per-view and a sit-down interview that, let me give you a heads up, candid, well done, you're going to want to hear this with WWE superstar Nikki Bella ahead of her well-hyped, well-anticipated showdown with Ronda Rousey this Sunday for the Raw Women's title. But Silver King, let me welcome you on in. All jokes aside, we got some pretty serious business to cover in the main event, so let's kick it off right here. Let's get down to business. This is the main event! Absolutely, BC. You know, Raw opened up, and you could tell really 30 seconds in that something serious was about to go down, and Roman Reigns obviously walked his way to the ring, announced as part of a longer reveal uh, that he's been battling leukemia. He's diagnosed at age 22. He's been battling it for the last 11 years, and it was obviously a well-kept secret. I mean, they're certainly coming out of the announcement. There were indications that many others knew about it, including his Georgia Tech teammates, certainly his family members, uh, certainly those that are in WWE management, et cetera, Dave Meltzer reports that WWE brass knew of his most recent diagnosis or the turn in his diagnosis on Friday of last week. So really, you know, difficult topic to discuss here, but really wanted to get your initial reactions hearing about this Monday night, the first kind of thoughts that went through your head um, and where you think he and WWE go from here with this. Yeah, look, this is uh, this is a bombshell. I, I was more numb and shocked than sad in the moment because I didn't pick up on that vibe that you mentioned. And, and I'll give you credit. You were ahead of it. You were, you were uh, furiously typing to me that this kind of feels like Edge. Is Edge about to retire again? What's going to happen here? And uh, that caught me off guard. They, they hit that good, but uh, it obviously wasn't good news. Uh, I'll say this. It became very sad and very real for me. When you saw Seth Rollins face when he came out with Dean Ambrose and they did a shield hug, that's when it's, you know, hashtag all the feels everyone on Twitter saying that they're legit crying. You get it. Uh, There's some connection to us as fans and journalists to these WWE superstars that's different. It's different than covering mainstream sports, right? I don't know if it's that deep connection to your childhood, but this was obviously such a bombshell. The, The hard part is. You don't know what's going to happen next. Like anyone who, who, you know, is fighting a battle with the disease. We don't know if, you know, one year from now, Roman's going to make a triumphant return. And this is such a turning point in his overall life and career story. Or, or if this is going to be, you know, a really negative turn. The news hits really hard when you consider at 33 years old, he's in his absolute prime. And when you really consider, we talked about the stats this year. He just made evented his fourth straight WrestleMania joining Hogan as the only one to do that. Whether you like him or not, whether you realized it or not, whether you want to believe it or not, he's that guy. He's this generation, Cena, Austin, Hogan, different from all those guys because wrestling's different now, but he's that guy. I mean, who? where were these other guys at 33? I looked it up. Hulk Hogan at 33? Wrestling Andre the Giant in the main event of the WrestleMania 3, the biggest match ever. You know, Cena at 33? 
WrestleMania co-main winning the WWE Championship against Batista, just about ready to enter that, that two-year feud with The Rock. You know, Flair at 33 had just won his first NWA Championship over Dusty Rhodes. And, you know, Steve Austin just started that Vince McMahon feud at 33, a year away from winning his first major championship. So this is the absolute prime of Roman Reigns. And while there's certainly a snarky, in, uh, impersonal WWE booking reaction to this, that look, I'm going to say it. It doesn't mean I'm. Well, let's get let's get feeling, to that. No, I want to I want to put that out first because everyone's thought it and felt it, and the reaction is, oh well, this is the greatest thing that could have happened to Vince McMahon in WWE because now he'll be a babyface forever. And I'm not. It's so insensitive. I'm not going down that road, even if parts of it are true. But I have to say, I was really touched by the entire fan base. Instantly turning into the thank you Roman chant and instantly making Joe, not Roman, a baby face for life because that was a courageous stand that that Joe Roman took and coming out here and presenting it the way he did. I thought, you know, you're not going to sit here and grade his performance, but that was a strong performance. He came out and delivered that real news very well. And long term, there's a lot to talk about in booking and how he'll be received, but to find out that this disease had been real in his life before and they didn't use it to to try to, you know, pad his babyface stats. I have so much respect for this guy because everybody's going to say it now and they're going to tweet the pictures of the time they interviewed him. But Adam, I've interviewed Roman Reigns three or four times. There's, there's nobody that's more polite, nicer, digs deeper to get good answers in an interview, cares. You know, again, hate the booking. It's all stupid in in, in light of this news. The booking doesn't of matter course. anymore. It's Joe. The fans got it right. I, I wish this guy nothing but the best. He's a great human being. And at the end of the day, he's a great representer and, and shouldering the load of what this industry is today. And uh, I couldn't say anything nicer about him, even if this hadn't happened, by the way. And we've been real about that in the past. But, man... To happen right at the mountaintop moment of his career, it, it, it's tough. You, you, he's strong. He's a strong dude. I mean, he didn't even break a tear. He came out there and delivered that promo. I got to give it up to him. Well, yeah. I mean, everything you said obviously is nails here. There's a huge difference, and there always is, between Joe the person and Roman the character, right? And Joe the person, I think everyone loves, even fans that hate Roman, I think always secretly love Joe because they realized – well, this guy Joe is being handed really terrible booking by Vince McMahon, and this guy has a lot of talent. He's he's legitimately one of the best wrestlers in the world, and I don't say that in terms of storytellers, sports entertainers, superstars. He's a great wrestler. So people know that Roman Reigns, Joe, is extremely talented, and everything that Vince sees in him, I think at least I can speak for you and I, we've always seen in him. We just didn't like the booking that he was getting. But you're right. You know, the fan reaction was fantastic. It's really all you can ask. The moment with Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose atop the ramp, especially, and it was kind of interesting, especially in retrospect, and we'll talk about this in a bit, Seth really being affected, red in the face, blubbering a little bit, Ambrose more stone-faced and serious and trying to handle it, you know, in a macho type of way. It was just such a perfect cap to one of the most emotional moments really in WWE history. Um, And I think when you talk about the respect for Joe, Roman Reigns, whatever you want to call him, you didn't just see it from the fans in the arena that night. You didn't just see it from the WWE superstars that huddled around him, hugged him. The women gave him a huge mass group hug backstage. Um, 
you saw it in in the way the cameraman kind of followed him to his car and he's joking come on guys I, or i'm done for the night you know this is i didn't plan on this i don't want to get out of here but you also saw it from kenny omega tama tonga njpw ring of honor superstars that have nothing to do with wwe anymore former georgia tech football players and nfl players georgia tech university every single person came out immediately as quickly as they could to say we are with you you're going to beat this and to support him and really i mean i'll even add in paul Heyman's promo like this guy we know he's a genius and a master of like the spoken word but the the things he said the way he hugged roman backstage if you saw the video posted by wwe i'm kind of tearing up a little bit here um it really was poignant and emotional and you never want a negative something health related something real life to kind of weed into your list of the best moments in wwe history but when i look back on it and you look at professional wrestling it's all about how things affect you emotionally yeah i was affected emotionally luckily knock on wood family cancer it's not something that i have had to really deal with but still that's one of my top moments in wrestling history because i felt something real and even though it was real and it wasn't um storyline it was part of the show it was they decided to put roman out there to start the show and to give this announcement he decided to make to expose himself make himself vulnerable they could have said this was an injury they could have said it was some other type of illness they could have done a million things to continue covering this up or just not revealing it but they chose not to he chose not to and he deserves a lot of respect for that and so does wwe yeah, yeah, no, you nailed it there as well. No, certainly no question about it. Uh, you know, not to to, to rate everyone's response, but I, uh, you know, Be- Braun Strowman's uh, Instagram post, yes, you know, yes. uh, you know that obviously puts storylines and heel and villain aside and shows you what he really thinks about Roman. And then just to see everyone from like Tony Nice to like, uh, you know, guys on Two Hundred Five Live speak out and be like, look. I may have had limited contact with Roman, but I'll tell you this. He's the only guy in the locker room that welcomed me. You know, to see Aleister Black say Roman was the guy who told me, look, stop cleaning up the locker room after all these guys like to try to prove your worth. You've already proved it. Be one of us. Like, you know, it, it showed you that he was a leader, that he was willing to step onto that 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 mantle given him. I mean, he was given a lot of pressure to to be the golden boy, if you will, and to have to put up with a lot of crap and deal with a lot of booking and deal with a lot of, you know, the pressure and negativity that comes with that. And it seems like he's shouldered that just fine. And, uh, wow, I mean, this is different than Daniel Bryan's. This is different than yes. Edge's. This yes. is totally different. It's certainly a guy right in the midst of his absolute prime, like we mentioned. And, uh <sighs> It's crazy because, I mean, certainly, you know, we're going to talk about the heel turn that followed with Ambrose and how, you know, electric and absolutely incredible of a moment that was. But that aside, this announcement, like, I can't necessarily find a direct correlation and relation for somebody that meant this much to a comp- to a wrestling company. You know, I mean, Magnum TA will jump up for people back in the Crockett NWA run. That's certainly, you know, comparable to a certain degree, although Magnum wasn't ready to make that leap. David Von Erich at the same thing in in world class. But this is different. Roman's a much bigger superstar that, I mean, I'll only say this about the heel turn before we actually break it down. You get why 
Vince McMahon and WWE wanted to quickly have something giant to put yes. right after it. Because let's think about this from like even financial terms, which you don't want to. We want to think about the personal side, and we are, and it's it, you know it's deep. But from a financial stockholder side, this is WWE's by far the guy they put all their money in, their biggest superstar, who now yeah. they don't really know, you know, when he's going to be back, if he's going to be back, all that. And it does open up the playing field. So, you know, again, not to make it about booking, but it opened. But it, it, it's definitely a, a major moment for the company, too, where it's like they've got to instantly alter, change plans, bump certain guys up, you know, change the long term future, because this guy really meant that much to him. I mean, you just don't main event four WrestleManias in a row. Right. But, you know, I mean, it, you know, Cena didn't do that. Austin didn't do that. So it's um, it has a very large uh, footprint that goes beyond raising money for the cause and showing his courage and using this as an as another great example, uh, you know, for WWE fans, which WWE, you know, sometimes they go overboard working in these segments into the actual show and we get annoyed at it. But right. they do a great job at, you know, showing courage and giving you, you know, reasons to fight. But uh Wow. Wow. It's that big of a moment, you know, it and, is. and, uh, and we just, we wish the best for him and, and, you know, and if, and when he comes back, man, uh, I, I can't envision anything at him, but, but what he'll deserve, which is just monstrous cheers. And I almost well, want to say that independent of all the booze he got that were in his fault, that were Vince McMahon's fault because of not handing Daniel, Bri handling Daniel Bryan the right way in 2015. We've been up right. and down this road before. It's never been Roman's fault, but I mean, he has the potential to really tell an amazing life story. Yeah. And I'm just yeah. with him as everybody else is every step of the way here. Well, it, it certainly was a turning point for WWE. There's no question. And it has to be. And it also goes to show, you know, taking it at a more macro standpoint, it goes to show that what we already knew, which is how many eggs they put in the Roman Reigns basket, but also how much they've kind of sacrificed everyone else to get to that point. And we already knew it and we've talked about it, but yeah, I mean, and we will talk about Ambrose and Rollins momentarily coming up here. Um, but they, that was so necessary. It was so necessary and it was so perfectly timed because otherwise you're going into this crown jewel event and it's like, well, you're having the main event without the piece that made it make sense. The linchpin of that main event and, and Braun and Lesnar who gives a hell like, Damn, I should have just said damn. It's not a bad word. Who gives a damn? Um, it, it's just not meaningful. And and we'll talk about whether that was the right move. The, to close up on Roman, um, just to, at least in this context, I thought what we saw from his announcement, uh, from his reveal, the type of way, the way he carried himself on the microphone, the words he used, the way he expressed himself, that's Without the, without the negative news, obviously. We don't, we don't want the negative personal news included. But that's what fans have wanted this entire time from the Roman Reigns character. They want Joe, turned up to 12 or 15, to speak to them. And it's something that they've never had, really. You got it a little bit in the John Cena feud. Right. But it still felt so rehearsed. And even if he wrote the lines himself, he memorized them. It, it just – it wasn't – the real person where when Paul Heyman walks out there, that wasn't a scripted promo. That was Paul speaking from his heart and he then turned it into wrestling. And what I hope we get when Joe comes back, because he will come back because he's going to beat it and he'll be back in WWE and, and he'll be champion again is I hope, and I'm not talking about from using this from a storyline perspective. I'm not talking about using the, the leukemia, God forbid, 
What I'm talking about is I hope WWE understands the lesson they learned from the moment, or they should have learned from the moment, which is you let these people be themselves. Yes. Good, bad, ugly, happy, sad, the whole gamut of emotions, gamut of emotions. You let them be themselves, turn the dial up, and that is what connects with the audience. Because Roman connected with the audience. It was real life. But he connected with the audience more by a factor of a million in that moment than he had over his entire career. And as you and I have said, that's not his fault. I mean, it's not the Roman Reigns character's fault. Absolutely. And that, that's, re- that's a really great point you made because what made the part of an underlying reason of why the Attitude Era was so good, it was fresh because it, obviously it's coming off a really bad run in the early 90s when WWE was too commercialized and cartoonish. And the fact that guys were wrestling under their real names, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, it, it, you know, it's, and they were doing real life shoot storylines. There was a real element to their real characters, which is exactly what you said. Who has Roman Reigns' character been? Since the shield broke up, it's been a superhero cartoon character designed to move an ass exactly. load of merch. Just designed to move truck loads of merch. He had a little bit of Hulk Hogan and John Cena in him where he can overcome any challenge, any monster, any ambulance, any anything. And you're right. The second he said the word Joe in that promo, it was like everything changed. And there was probably, <clears throat> excuse me, only about three seconds from the word Joe to where right. the word leukemia came. So that wasn't a long time. But in those three seconds, it was like, whoa, like the record screeched as you walked into the bar. It was like, like, wow. And you, I, I think you just nailed it. He has it all. He's what, second and third, third, maybe even third generational. He's related to so many. He grew up in the business. He carries the respect. He has everything we'd ever want and need. He, I mean, he's the damn big dog. Big dog. And he's got it all. He busted it, actually, in fact. He's got it all. Let him be him. I'm not saying he's got to be Samoa Joe 2.0 here because his first name's Joe and he's Samoan. No national actual pun intended to the real Samoa Joe. But my point is, yes, Let you want to get a true baby face over? Let us connect with the real face you know with that baby and not a chest protecting superhero who can never do wrong come you know on what? man I, I was gonna say that too like just the sight of him not in the vest it's tor- it makes him look like a real person not a superhero like it comes back shirtless i mean the dude's ripped he's got great tats <laughs> i mean he's gonna be all of our heroes you know and look i mean look the story the story is the story the real life story meaning it you know and when he overcomes and look i believe he's gonna overcome and beat this because i think he is that dude and i think yeah absolutely. he's so strong and and everyone's gonna be behind him but um uh, it, it does make you realize the kind of the stupid pettiness. Look, here's what it is. We love the traditions of wrestling fans and the, the stuff yeah. becomes contagious and it became hip to boo Roman and it's hip to say John Cena sucks. And I mean, the guy wears shorts, so I'm never against that. But my sure, point is sure. um, sometimes we got to stop and say, like, what are we doing? And I don't mean this like as a public service message, like, oh, because Roman Reigns has leukemia now, we should all feel bad for booing him. No, we were booing Roman. Or, I'm sorry, we were booing Vince McMahon. Everybody was. Correct. But my point Correct. is, Correct. Roman did get to a point where he sh- probably should have won everybody back over, and people were still sort of stuck in the old paradigm. Uh, of- I don't know, man. They f- they they had flubbed it so much, and they and not putting him over at WrestleMania and continuing that on, pushing that out another four or five months, it was just like, and needing the shield to come back. I mean, they really bungled it to such a level where you're right. This guy was ready. Like Vince picked the right guy. 
He's the right guy. He always was the right guy. He is the guy. But the character, Roman Reigns, wasn't the character. That's, that's all it was. That's the difference between him and a guy like Steve Austin, who you know did the 316 at King of the Ring, turned that character around and grew, and Vince allowed him to grow with it. You had John Cena kind of do, or I, I guess The Rock, sorry, transitioning out of Rocky Maivia into The Rock as part of Nation of Domination, becoming a cocky heel, winning the fans over, moving on from there. John Cena, the thugonomics character, being a heel, doing that whole thing. Roman never got that, and we've said it a million times. Roman, the character, never got that opportunity. Joe, the man, the entire time was blossoming as a performer, becoming better in the ring, becoming better on the mic, but the limitations of the character. The character is what always held him back, and that's what fans were rallying against, always. It was never the person. It was Roman, the character, and Vince McMahon, the booker. Now we are able to take that step back due to the worst possible circumstance. Uh, you know, we, it's, not the, it's not what we want to be the case, but in however many months, I hope it's three, six, 12, who knows, when he comes back, I'm going to be very interested to see how they handle it from a real-life perspective, how they handle because you know Daniel Bryan when he came back, it was an announcement. Then he was on SmackDown that night. You know, we were able to get that news a little bit before that announcement. For Roman, I'm wondering Is it a run in at WrestleMania? Is it a run in? Yeah. Is it is it a Royal Rumble number thirty? Is it or is it, hey, after a year long battle, Roman beat oh, the hell man. out of this. Now you're thing. getting me nervous because now I'm like, don't manufacture it too much. Don't make us think. Well, no. And we have, listen, hopefully we don't have plenty of time to wait. Hopefully it's very, very soon. But we may have plenty of time to wait and discuss it. The truth is that was a huge moment. It was something yes. that I'm always going to remember, like the, my immediate reaction, your immediate reaction, Jack, our other WWE editor, his immediate reaction. And it's just like, did we just hear what we thought we just heard? Yeah, and, and, oh my God, this is real. In those and, crazy, surreal moments, I always have this like pause where I can't move forward. I'm looking up to my right yeah. in my office. I got a poster of Manny Pacquiao, Juan Manuel Marquez, their fourth fight. Everybody remembers Pacquiao getting one shot knocked out where for 55 right. seconds, I'm not kidding, we didn't know if he was alive. We didn't know if he was going to wake up. It was one of those like, Holy crap. And, you know, and I got caught in one of those with this Roman thing. Just like, I can't move. I can't type. What do I do? Like, this is crazy. But um, we're always honest on the show. We're always removing the fourth wall. Look, if we're lying in dirty bed sheets in a Brooklyn bed, and it's not even in Brooklyn, we're going to tell you that the d- bed sheets not are we, dirty. Not we. Not we. Um, I was not there. Let's look, I mentioned that off the top, the idea of like, oh, my God, this fixes all Vince McMahon's worries. Now they never have to turn him heel. I mean, there are some truth to that. If Roman comes back and is a star again, it's great for business. We're not avoiding those things. I got a lot of DMs that I'm not going to read. I respect our listeners, but a lot of people, you know, trying to make this everything from a work to to was this was the timing of this only because of the Saudi Arabia situation to get that know, out of yeah. the headlines. Look, all that stuff. We're not going to get into it. We read it. We hear it. Some of it, you know, you never know. But, but no, I Brian, that, Brian. Almost all of it's ridiculous. I don't mean the. I don't necessarily mean the the bullseye of it. I mean is some of the you know the the idea of like is this going to help Roman's booking forever? Yes, it will. Oh, so that, that's a hundred percent true. But yes, yeah, it it's not a work. It's not fixed. So people can back off on that. We did hear your point, but what it led to, what it produced, Adam, was oh my god, in the yeah. damn story. Yeah, uh, you know we'll definitely talk about the other major moment, and you talk about. Completely real life. And now we'll go completely kayfabe with you here. One of, and I'm not going to say the, but one of the greatest heel turns in professional wrestling history. Uh, we saw Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins as the Shield coming out to the Shield music, which was 
an expert touch, I have to say. Uh, winning the Raw tag team titles in the main event Monday night. The crowd was to the point, BC, that I said it, I think, when we were chatting uh, at the end of the show. They have to make the title change because the crowd was ready to go nuclear. And they made the title change. And the crowd went nuclear. And then 30 seconds later, they didn't even let it Well, marinate. hold on. Before you even get 30 seconds later, I was actually, because, you know, we get extra snarky sometimes. We overthink the snark. I was actually, sure. even though that was a great moment with them winning the tag team titles, I couldn't fight this nagging feeling. It was like, oh, like they did it and it was predictable. But they oh, had, come on. They, no, hold come on. on. They had to send Drew into the crowd with Braun to make it kind of an unclean finish. Like, that was actually my thinking in the moment. So you that that shows you how blindsided I got by what happened next. Like, gotcha, holy gotcha. Yeah, I, you know what? I. I did have the same thought of like, oh, they can't just win them clean. Like, why can't we get a clean title change? But at the same time, that, it was predictable. It had to happen. Yeah, Everything yeah. was beautiful. It, yes. So <laughs> I was on a, I was on a nice little roll here on this thing, though. Um, so 30 sec, less than 30 seconds later, before it marinates, you get the kick to the stomach, dirty deeds. And then I have to, I'm going to go on here before you kind of respond very briefly. Because it wasn't just the dirty deeds and it wasn't just the attack which continued for another like six minutes outside the ring on the concrete, so on and so forth. It was the character development of Seth Rollins that really brought this home for me and made it super special because as soon as Dean turned Rollins first reaction wasn't anger or pain. It was, I understand stop. Let's talk about this. Like, he, he kept trying to get that in like, his head. Like, yes, I turned on you once, and it's one of the biggest things that ever happened, but I we can get past this. this. I deserved this, but let's stop right here. Don't take it any further. We can still save this relationship. And he did it again outside the ring before he dirt, hit the dirty deeds on the concrete. That moment, the Seth Rollins baby face, yes, I was an a-hole in the past, but you're still my friend even though you just turned on me 30 seconds ago. That, for me made this, I'm going to put it out there and you can agree or disagree, the best heel turn since Hulk Hogan. Wow. Hollywood Hogan. Wow. Wow. We love uh, loud, uh, aggressive, uh, giant statements. Nick Costos calling that the greatest call in, in wrestling history. Um, I was willing to go as far as this is the greatest moment in wrestling like this decade, like maybe since CM Punk's pipe bomb. Like this was this was going to be one of those moments. So first, let me just pause. People want to know, BC, how did you feel? What did that Dean Ambrose thing make you let feel? Let me hear it. When he pulled back the, the, the padding on the floor. I'm like... <laughs> God, like, are you kidding me? Like, oh my God, am I? Oh, oh man, I'm fired up for this. <laughs> I mean, Brandy, am I all in? Yes, Brandy, I'm all damn in. Feel that. Can wow. Feel that. Wow. Feel all of that. All of that. The mega powers are about to explode in my pants right now. All of that happened, guys. <laughs> you know the fallout of the dirty Brooklyn bed sheets. It's been a rough fall. It's been a kind of a bad summer, too. Post-Mania 34 has been pretty damn awful. Your boy, BC, has been fired up. All I get are DMs saying, BC, you're too snarky. You're getting on Adam too much. You're this, you're that. I can't listen to your show anymore. You're this. Oh, at, least you're you, getting you, all, at least you're getting all those DMs, my friend, because I saw them, too, this week. Go ahead. He used to be a great guy. We used to love you, GP. You're this, you're that. You know what BC is now? He's fired the hell up. Did this moment save my fandom? Is that too much? No, Adam, this saved my damn fandom. This reminds you of a lot of things that WWE and Vince McMahon, even in 2018, that they still 
got it. The one night a year, the only night all year that you knew Dean Ambrose wasn't going to turn on Seth Rollins after they bungled it in recent weeks, after they teased it forever. The only night you can't have this. You can look, but you can't touch. No, you can touch it. You can sniff it. You can feel it. Holy crap. I used a word to describe it on Twitter. Grimy. It felt grimy. It felt wrong. It's supposed to feel wrong. Is it a little bit wrong that Vince McMahon played up the emotion from a guy legitimately having cancer (laughs) to allow his teammates to turn on each other? You're damn right it's wrong, and it's so good, and it restores faith in this art form that it can still feel like this, that it can taste like this, that you can still touch it. You can pay the money over. You can do the grimy handshake, and you can touch the the, the boobs, whatever you want to call them. I touched the boobs on Monday night. This was absolutely <laughs> incredible. He, he, he hit the DDT on the floor, the damn dirty deeds, the interplay between them, everything. Shirtless dirtbag Ambrose walking through the crowd. Renee Young calling him her husband early in the night. Corey Graves legitimately crying early in the night because his kids play with Roman's kids. It's all connected. This rules the roman news sad sucks this rules this is what we need this is what we deserve adam we said i said there's a real life financial equation when your top star is removed from the screen it affects stocks it affects prices it allows other people to step up if this allows seth rollins who's as deserving as anyone for a push, and Dean Ambrose to to do a very public main event version of Gargano Champa. Are you yes. kidding me? Yes. Do you know how good this 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 repaired everything that ever happened to the Shield? All the the the, the false restart last year, the Kurt Angle and tactical gear, all that crap. We still have the potential for the Shield, the three guys, Seth turning on them with a chair in 2014. Dean doing this in 2018. This could be one of the greatest stories ever told. This is awesome. This is strong style. This is in this corner. I don't need a revolution if the steak tastes this good. I had the steak. I tried the steak. I'm staying for the steak. As uh, Vince McMahon once said, and I'll give you some time to find the drop, BC. Excuse me while I whip this out. <laughs> I, I'm I'm just I'm just get it for me. You I'm just not that quick. I just the show can't continue without. I it. just don't know if I have it. I don't know if I you know I don't I don't think I have. Why don't you just... oh, that's a wrong button. I'm 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 perplexed. I'm all over the place. Wow, <laughs> you failed me there. Um, Vince McMahon, not to get graphic, unzipped his pants and dropped. Me while I whip this out. There we go. Vince McMahon unzipped his pants and dropped his balls on the floor Monday night. That's what he did. He said, for all you smarks, for all you geniuses that think you can book Raw and WWE better than I can, excuse me while I whip this out. (laughs) That's what Vince McMahon said Monday night. Wait, did he say this? Just whip it out and give it to me. That's pretty much it. That's what we said, right? That's, yes. He, in that moment, proved why he is Vince McMahon, because I don't care if you're Don Callis or whoever the hell books Ring of Honor or Gato. I don't care who you are. You ain't doing what Vince McMahon did Monday night 
because no one else has the balls to do <laughs> what Vince McMahon did Monday night. And just like we talked about last week where we sat here and criticized blood money in the sand, you, this is another reminder. This isn't a drama. This isn't a Netflix show. This is professional wrestling. What Vince McMahon did Monday night was professional wrestling. It was not sports entertainment because that doesn't happen in sports entertainment. That was genius. It was perfection. I'm sorry, Vince. You still got it. You're not washed. You still got it. <laughs> and it's and and the truth is, as great as it was, and we could break it down further, but it also goes into the other details of the show. So I thought the announcement of Lesnar and Strowman for the title was extremely lackluster and kind of ill-inspired, right? But then you have Paul Heyman come out. I mentioned it earlier and drop one of the greatest promos I've heard in, in a long time, even for his standards, weaving effortlessly real life into WWE storyline, putting over Roman as the greatest thing of all time, and then saying, actually, my client is the greatest thing of all time, and this guy who purports himself to be a monster is fake, but the beast is real. And he does it all together. I want to know, BC... Was it just the Rollins-Ambrose turn, uh, sorry, the Ambrose turn with Rollins and the Reigns announcement, or did you also fall in love with the Paul Heyman segment and what they did with Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman? Because for me, it wasn't just as good, but it was really damn good as well. Yeah, I have no complaints here. In fact, there was a, a it was an audible groan when they said, okay, so the new main event at Crown Jewel is just going to be Lesnar-Strowman like you just identified. And I know... And look, one, one point, point A, for all we know, this could turn back into a triple threat next week, right? It could be Drew McIntyre in there. It could be Dean Ambrose. It could be anybody. But if it's not, let's play the game that it's not. I thought about it. I'm like, would I want Finn Balor, who doesn't deserve it, you know, pushed up in there? Would I want Rollins? Would I want McIntyre? Yes. But you know what? I'm going to be really honest. You know who's more? There, there's people that are deserving of pushes and title shots and, and main title runs in WWE. I can think of Finn Balor. I can think of Seth Rollins. Yes. But Braun Strowman's the guy who's most deserving of a main title run. He got the briefcase and it went nowhere. He's dominant. He's destroying everybody. You have a chance for him to be a special guy, not the best big man since Big Show, a special individual attraction. And he's had to play stuntman. He's had to play monster. He's had to play a lot of things. When your biggest star leaves, it opens the door for someone else. I don't think they showed us on Monday that they're ready to put Seth Rollins in that slot. They're ready to, ele ready to elevate the Ambrose feud and make it the main roster version of Gargano Champa and make it a big deal. Kind of make it Raw's version of the Miz Daniel Bryan if you really want to get into that. But sure. the superstar in waiting who is really most deserving is Braun Strowman, guys. And if we're only using Brock Lesnar now once in a while and pretty much only to take pins now to put other people over, is there a better victory for Braun Strowman than to beat Brock clean? They wasted that pay-per-view last fall when they were in the main event and Brock won and, with, and it wasn't that big of a deal. Put Braun over, I'm okay with that. Would I want something more creative? Yes. Is it a little messy that Drew McIntyre is now in this deep feud with Braun? Is he going to have a hand in that match? Will he be in that match? Maybe to all of the above. But you have to identify somebody as your new guy. 
And it's almost like in Vince McMahon's world, SmackDown separate. He's willing to let AJ keep the belt for a year there because it doesn't mean that much to him. Title. He's a raw guy. He's a red guy. And in the red brand, you need someone massive. Braun Strowman's massive. Did you get the feel like he's did it just did a babyface turn in the last two weeks coinciding with this news? Uh, I mean, he definitely is on the face side of the McIntyre situation, and he's definitely the face side of the Lesnar match because no one wants Lesnar to win the title and bring it to UFC and you know leave WWE again. Um, but I don't buy into Braun Strowman like you do. I never really have. They've turned him now into way too much of a cartoon character Dude, for don't me. Don't you have I've to been... try, though? Don't you have to at least try it? They haven't tried it yet. I think they have to try it, sure, but... What I mean is I try mean... A-side. He's been, they could have. He's proven they, but, he's a main event B side. Can you try the A side? I guess you have to try it. I mean, they they try it with everyone else. They give everyone that opportunity. The problem is, I would have found there's so many different people that they could have put in here. They could have put McIntyre in this match. They could have put Finn Balor in this match. They could have put Bobby Lashley in the match, considering he did have that win over Roman. And they could have made an argument that his great new manager Leo Rush. Talked to Baron Corbin and got him inserted. There's a lot they could have done to make this match more interesting to me. For some reason, maybe it's because Brock beat him with a single F5 and just like walked off and shrugged. But Braun Strowman, Brock Lesnar doesn't move the needle for me. I am not invested into Brock Lesnar as anything more than an, att an attraction. And that's WWE's fault. But it's also kind of Braun's fault because the way he speaks, he just – screams and bellows like a monster. There's no, I, there's no character there that I've bought into. There's nothing of Braun Strowman that makes me say, I want to root for this guy. Well, what so WWE, becomes... so WWE, if Crown Jewel even happens, and we'll get to that in a moment, in seven days, or however many days, in a week plus, needs to figure out a way to make me care about Braun Strowman. Because well, here, I don't. Here's, a, here's an idea. Because if Braun Strowman's a babyface again, to get real babyface cheers... It's almost like he's so dominant, he's going to have to face something that he needs to overcome, right? That's how right. A, a big baby face can get over. Is there any chance they pull a uh, Nikita Koloff Magnum TA? And what I mean by that, Magnum TA was on the verge of becoming NWA champion in the mid-80s, a star on the rise, and then he has the, the accident. He's in a wheelchair. He's pulled off. His biggest rival at the time, Nikita Koloff, the Russian crusher, suddenly becomes... This great friendship story where the biggest enemy becomes his friend and now he's campaigning for Magnum TA's health and he's crying in interviews and he's like in and he's got Magnum TA in his corner. Is there any way that Strowman becomes a Roman guy that Strowman publicly becomes the baby face who's like cheering for Roman's recovery and they use that as a way to kind of put some sympathy to the situation because to play devil's advocate. Even though I want all the things you mentioned, which is why can't Finn Balor get the title run? You know, all that stuff, okay? But to play devil's advocate on it, let's do that piece by piece here. It can't be Finn Balor. He hasn't had the booking to make it make sense. And sure. honestly, Vince doesn't believe in him as a full-on A-side. We know that, okay? Seemingly, it can't seemingly. be Drew McIntyre because of two reasons. One, you're probably going to get a Braun Strowman-Drew McIntyre spinoff feud. So Drew McIntyre is already a part of it anyway without needing to give him the title. And B, I don't think Vince believes that Drew McIntyre with the most important championship in the company can be on posters and carry, you know, carry the flag. If Rollins is tied up with Ambrose and KO is not currently Wait, in Wait, I have to stop you. I have to stop you. You don't think the guy that Vince anointed as, I forgot what he called him, but like the, yeah. the next great one or whatever he called him, 
I think he, he still believes in him. I think I he do. can become that. I'm what I'm saying is I don't think you put him into this triple threat and give him the championship next or two weekends from now. You know what I'm saying? Like they've. Oh, built... I wasn't. I wasn't saying to give him the title. I was just saying to make the match more. interesting. That's fair. That's all, and I think all. he's going to be part of that match in some form and be part of the spinoff. But the reality is, right away you have to stand strong and present a new front, a new guy on the poster. They've never put Braun front and center on the poster. They've teased it. Time to give him that A side run and see what we got here. I think it has to be as a baby face when you consider his opponents. And I think you have to put some major obstacle in his way, even if it's a broken heart for Roman or something that he's got to overcome. It's interesting. I don't hate it. Yeah. I actually like how they handled the entire spinoff. And I say this and I mean this. Whenever WWE's back is completely against the wall is when you see them at their best because they're not yep. overthinking it. When Roman popped for Adderall and they created that tournament, that was really fun. Like There's things that they've done when they've had to that really make wrestling great. Yeah, by the way, it was the chosen one is what uh, yes. Drew McIntyre used to be called. Um, so, man, like, you're right about that back against the wall thing. It's just, I mean, we, we say this all the time. It shouldn't need, that shouldn't need to be the case, number one. Uh, and number two, I do feel like the Drew Braun was already ha- going to happen. Like, I feel like that storyline didn't change. I almost feel like WWE had plans somehow for Drew to potentially interfere in the triple threat, costing Braun, allowing Roman to win. The only thing I think did get sped up was the Ambrose-Rollins. I believe that that was probably set for after Crown Jewel, either on the way into Survivor Series, or maybe even it occurs during Survivor Series because he costs him something and, and they go from there. So I do believe that was sped up. The rest, I think, was pretty much according to plan. But again, I could be wrong. Um, I would be very interested to know. And maybe Meltzer can report it. Maybe we hear it eventually from Roman, whatever the case. I'm really curious to know what the plan was Monday night and how it changed. And I know you're not as interested in that, but I am. I'm always curious what were the plans and what when Roman told them or when Joe told them on Friday, hey, this is what happened or when WWE found out, whatever the case. I want to know that three days. I'll give you the answer. What did they do? I want to hear it. The answer was nothing. The answer was we're going to put Ambrose in a match against Strowman and uh, uh, McIntyre in another match against Reigns. Nothing would have happened. They're building to the damn crown jewel. By the way, the sneaky part also, which we didn't really discuss, is they're the tag team champions. So let's discuss that right now because I like that that's not worked out. Here's how they ruin it. Me too. Even in – okay, I want to speak about WWE in like 2015 to 2018, okay? They've had a couple of these giant moments before. They don't do a great job at at, uh, following up instantly on these giant moments. Meaning, like, we can't wait to see what happens next week. We want to see Drew cut a promo. I'm saying not Drew. We want to see Dean cut a promo. We want to get everything about his mindset. We want all the answers. I hope they come out and really give us the answers and amp it up. I have that fear. Like, we always have that fear with WWE that they won't. Do you know what will be really bad next week, Adam? if Ambrose and Rollins have to team together to defend these titles and we just go back into like, we take a giant step back and just go back into like argument mode where they push each other a couple times in the ring. Like, like, no, please. No, no, no. I think, I I think there should be a match. I think there should be a match with the tag team titles going to the winner and a partner of their choosing. Oh, that's see, that's an interesting way to play it. Yeah. I don't think like, I think Corbin should, this is, I mean, look, look, we're going to get to Raw on Monday, and my assumption my assumption is Corbin's going to try to force them to be in a match together. 
my hope is that unlike what you're kind of suggesting where they try to go through the match and then whatever, I hope the bell rings and they attack each other. And if that happens and they, and they couch it, well, these two just can't, like, there's no way that this could even possibly work. Then they come with something like that. But I don't know. Like, that is the interesting thing. We can talk about the rivalry between them all we want and the stuff that's happening with Drew. By the way, does Dolph just disappear right now? Probably. Like, is this, like, Dolph got his, like, two months and, like, this is the typical, like, train of Dolph Ziggler. Like, he, oh, my God, this guy's hot. He's in the main event. He's an intercontinental champion. He main evented a pay-per-view with Seth Rollins. And now what's going to happen with him, you know? Um, so I would be interested for them to do something with them or literally just strip them of the titles, put them on AOP or the Revival well, th- and allow an the tag feud. team division to work again. Isn't it still an IC title feud, basically? Rollins is still that champion? He's still the champ. Yeah. So, yeah I mean, yeah, that's th- the problem. That's the problem. Right now, Rollins, now you can make an argument that Ambrose becomes the intercontinental title contender. So, Okay. That would work. The belts but, have to come off of them. You're right. I just don't want to do something with these titles. I just don't want to see a cheesy thing where they're still trying to figure it out. No, you just dirty deeds them on the floor. All right. It's right, over. Exactly. That relationship is over. Let's have a badass feud. So the hope here is that Ambrose comes out and that he's not soft uh, heel Ambrose, that he's hard heel Ambrose. I want the man hard. Okay. I, I mean, like, yeah, say that all you want. <laughs> Dean Ambrose looks like he wants a piece of this pie. Yes, he wants a piece of that pie. I want him as a hard, hard heel. <laughs> I want him as a dirt bag. I want him cutting uh. promos on Kit. No, I don't. I just want him. I want him hard and angry. All right, roll on. What do we got next? What do we got next? All right, let's move over. Even though I guess we haven't really segmented this main event, I consider this the third part. Uh, and the third part of the main event this week is basically, hey, a lot of stuff went down, and we're going to talk about it because. Really, this is where I want to start. Uh, I actually want to start with SmackDown, BC, really quick. I thought, honestly, and we have not said this in since, I don't even know, February, March. I thought SmackDown was awful. What did you think? I thought it was passable. I thought it was fine. I wasn't upset. Um, I watched it on an hour delay. I fast-forwarded through a good chunk of it. Yeah, I mean, the the Shane McMahon thing at the end was crap. Nothing happened. You're right. It was almost like they said, well... You know, we we did business on Monday night. Let's just go through the motions. Yeah, from that like, angle, they, I'll agree with you. The one hot feud was a taped segment from the Performance Center, which was great. Which was great, by the way. Great. I even like that Shanna Baszler was kind of staying in character with the, with the angry look on her face. Like yeah, I loved yeah, yeah. everything about that segment. Love. Man, Becky is the... You're going to have to go back and delete that tweet, Adam. And I know people get mad at me because they, they, they say I think you're a hedger and I don't let you change your mind on things. You can change your mind on things all you want. Well, as, as, one, genius, to... as one genius listener said, BC thinks in black and white. The Silver King thinks in Technicolor. Uh, yes, that's correct. I, I, I'm going to find your name to give you credit while Brian tries to say whatever. you need to go back and you need to, as the great Nick, or is he great? I don't know. You know, I don't know if, if Nick Costos is really all that great, but as the great Nick Costos once said, um, if only I was quicker to the button there. Take the L and admit you're wrong because you sound ridiculous. You said turning Becky heel was, was, was one of the worst decisions WWE ever made. I did say that. I, I, I've, man, we're doing this again. I did say that. I said it after week one where her heel promo when she came out and cut a promo, was about the fans not believing in her. I'm, I'm and how just it, saying that, that and how that it made listen to, to me because this is stop great. interrupting me. Stop interrupting me. How it made no sense whatsoever. It was a terrible move. The following week, when the, one week later, when they went away from that 
and had her act more like a badass as opposed to a cookie cutter heel that we know didn't make sense. I said, oh, maybe they have something here. And I proposed to you, BC, do you think they're making her more of a badass face than the heel? And you said, no, I think they're making her a heel, but it's better. You were right about that. They are, she is a heel. It's great. She's a fantastic heel, but it's not the heel that we got in week one. She admitted that in interviews. The point of this is. But she admitted it in interviews. People interviewed her this week, which we didn't because we've spoken to her a million times recently. And they asked her, hey, that first promo that wasn't, didn't that not make sense? She's like, yeah, the fans are behind me. I don't know why I said that. It was stupid. So I was right. You're trying to make it like I was wrong. I was right. How about you guys shut the F up and let me talk for a minute? I think if you're just fighting the wrong argument, the point of me bringing that up is. That tweet is now looks like the equivalent of like somebody doing a 1980s comedic bit on like homosexuals and black people. Like that tweet is like blasphemous now because she's the greatest thing. That well, ever yes, happened. if it that tweet is blasphemous if you look at it on October 24th. But if you look at it on whatever the date it was sent, I was one of many who felt exactly oh, the boy. same way and was justified in feeling that way on that date. Oh, I don't know how that, that that's not difficult to understand. You're a very smart guy. You oh should get that. God, not, not smart. Not smart enough. Wow. Never. Okay. I let's never, move on. I, never, my point, I did not my bang point, Sonny. Uh, my point. For the record, I was not banging Sonny. Let's put that right out there. Brett, but, Brett was not ever banging Sonny. Uh, I want to talk, though. The, my contention here is SmackDown was awful. The, the Randy Orton-Jeff Hardy match made zero sense. Yes. Why they're running that back. Why Jeff is in this World Cup and why, and why he's not injured for three months. Doesn't make any sense. The Daniel Bryan and AJ Usos thing, I guess, was okay. And it was pretty cool, by the way. I don't know if you caught it. The Usos did a couple homages to Roman Reigns during the match. They did the the Superman punch on the frog splash. Yes. They did it in the ring. That was kind of cool. Yeah, the, but, the whole what? The whole like like, yeah. like he's uh, loading up wrist, his arm. Yeah. Wrist cocking or whatever you want to call it. Um, wow. Let me, tell you, let me tell you a piece of meat that I enjoyed. <laughs> You were, you were holding that one. Risk, you were, co- risk cocking. Love it. Go for, it. Go for it. Go for it. Um, but, you, but, but it did also prove what I said last week on this show when I crapped all over the build to evolution. And I said it was proof that on Raw you had a couple storylines. On SmackDown they had one women's storyline. That battle royal situation was an absolute mess. Yes. They, they have really botched the build outside of those top two matches for this pay-per-view. And SmackDown for me was evident of it because all they talked about was Crown Jewel – and the World Cup. And you know why? Because they only had one women's match to talk about for SmackDown. And it wasn't even on TV. Like, none of, neither of them were live in the crowd. It was really, in the arena, I mean. It was really bad. I thought it was a surprisingly bad edition of SmackDown. Yeah, and, and then the only thing with the Rusev Aiden thing kind of feeling like it's over when I felt yeah. like maybe there yeah. could have been more stories to tell. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. It uh, it's fine, though, because of how good Raw was. So I'm it was. good. I'm good. Okay couple more things to talk about. Uh, so there's been some reports, and apparently there might be some type of resolution today, which is Wednesday, October 24th. But there are some reports, some legitimate reports out there, that Crown Jewel is reportedly in serious jeopardy and that WWE is considering alternate sites for this event. You will realize for the second straight week on TV, they have not mentioned Saudi Arabia once. It's completely gone off the website. And tickets were supposed to go on sale, I believe, last Friday, and they never went on sale. So this event is like 10 days out. I don't know why I said seven a few minutes ago. It's like 10 days out, and they don't have a single ticket sold. 
Is this going to happen? I don't do. They're they're making this worse than themselves. And certainly the the headlines have become even more negative involving the Saudi Arabian situation with the killed journalists and all that. It's going it's making you feel more and more like they should leave. And so what I said last week was that they've it's like they've gone too far. The bullets out of the gun. Just go on with it. And what they should have done, Adam, was last week put out a press release that essentially says we're aware of these things. We understand the need for positive cultural change in Saudi Arabia. Us doing business in Saudi Arabia is part of that hope for change. We will stand firm in our beliefs and blah, 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 blah. It's bullcrap. But you know what? Business on the highest level is bullcrap. I'm not saying I condone it. I'm saying when they've gone that far to sell their actual soul, at least put out a press release that says, we know what's going on, guys. We're staying put. End of story. And you know what would have happened? The story would have eventually gone away because it's not like a decision right now fixes their image issue. No, it doesn't. They just did a heel turn based off cancer, and we loved it. This is pro wrestling. It's Vince McMahon. We just talked about his balls. He doesn't care. (laughs) <laughs> they sold their soul in the sand. They bastardized bastardized WrestleMania. They bastardized the Royal Rumble to do a 150-man edition or whatever it was that took five hours and a trophy that you'll never see again and a green belt. They don't care. So if you don't that, care... That, one, that one's a belt, not a title. Yeah, if you don't <laughs> care that much... Put out a press release, say you're not moving, and I know there's government tie-ins and Meltzer's reporting that Vince would only move if Trump said something. I don't even want to get it. I don't care. Look, you know, in the end of the day, I I care what's right and wrong. WWE chose the wrong choice by selling their financial soul here, but I'm of the belief now, Adam, that's like, just do it. I mean, what do you, you know what I mean? Like, just go for it. Just do it. Make it a great ass show. Don't give us any promo videos about the Saudi Arabian government. And maybe we'll just forget about it. Am I wrong? Is that naive? Should they 100% move out of Saudi Arabia and fix the situation? What are you fixing? We already know your intentions. Yeah. Well, those are called propaganda, the promo videos. Um, I mean, I think what we said last week stands. I stand by that, which is you do the show because you booked it and it's going to cost you millions of dollars to move it. And what the hell else are you going to do? Like, what are they going to do? Put this in France and no one show up? Or I guess if they if they can find a venue in England or something, maybe they can make it work because fans would c- come out crazy for these AJ freaking against Daniel Bryan, Braun Strowman, Brock Lesnar, the World Cup with John Cena and Daniel uh, and uh, not Daniel Bryan, John Cena and uh, Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton and Kurt Angle, like under Undertaker, Shawn Michaels coming back to the ring, like. This could sell out a good venue if they did move it. I just don't really think they're going to. I don't – look, they have every reason in the world that they should. Ultimately, I think they do what you and I suggested last week or what you and I guessed they would do last week, which is they run the show. At the very open, they say live from Rida, Saudi Arabia, and they never mention it again. What if, and they run a show, and that's it. What if they do it – adjacent to Saudi Arabia in the Persian Gulf on international waters and they do it on an aircraft carrier and in the main event Lex Luger slams Yokozuna and America wins greatest I don't well there's two major problems with that last bit uh, one being Yokozuna the other being I don't know if you've seen Lex Luger recently well I, th- um, I, I think the Sultan of Saudi Arabia has uh, said that I want that as my main event not, well no, they just they really can like just bring in the guy from the greatest Royal Rumble I don't even yeah, know what his who name is he was. supposed to be playing Yokozuna right that's <laughs> Basically, by the way, the, a shout out goes to Corey Pucky at Corey Pucky, both with E Y at the end for the technical color comment. And that, by the way, BC was just one of many tweets I received siding with the Silver King last and week. And by but, the way, if you don't believe him, the Silver King has it all 
printed out. If you would like to read it, you can probably go to his social media. He's, uh, he's, uh, yeah. I don't have find that sound, sound drop. I don't know what sound drop you're looking for. But uh, go find it, PC. Yeah, yeah give me. Because you're stalling. Give me like, press pause on the record. Uh, blew the joke. The joke's been blown. Let's move on. Not a surprise. Uh, uh, next up. Move one. No, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. N- n- next up here. Um, very unsubstantiated, extremely unsubstantiated rumors. A report that I, you put down here, I actually wouldn't have even mentioned it based on oh, I'm who mention. wrote it. It's the damn revolution. But, but yeah, but it's not real. Okay. Like, well, it's, the not, revolu- it's not not real. No, well, the revolution, the quote unquote revolution is real. This is not real. But unsubstantiated rumors were out there this week that there might be a promotion led by JR and Chris Jericho, funded by Shad Khan, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Involving Cody, do you understand why I'm saying this now? How ridiculous it is! Well, uh, okay, one by Cody not and the Young this Bucks. News as um, it's happening, but I think this show is. What do you want me to wait? I want to know what you wanted me to ask you because I don't, don't have ask a me anything. I'll do the talking. My name's on the marquee. What I know that's what I'm show? saying. What the, the hell am I supposed Campbell to ask podcast. you about the In This Campbell podcast? Um, so here's the it deal. It is the In This Campbell podcast. Somebody is going to obviously make a run at this. Make a run at organizing the best guys in the indie <laughs> world, putting a lot of money behind it, and trying to become the number two. And whether this is hey we're just talking about it or not the people who own the jackson jagville jaguars have a lot of friggin money and people have checked cody's twitter account over the last year and he's done a lot of friggin tweeting tweeting about the jacksonville jaguars and adding them and all that so it's interesting especially i'm gonna i'm gonna pause you i'm gonna pause you briefly the guy's son is a huge wrestling fan yes he's a money he's a money mark i don't know what else that means go ahead you're gonna okay here's what it means if you stay the way you're going in the revolution and you just be the number two, the way we're doing it, which is piecemeal, we're doing uh, the YouTube show, being the elite, we're doing sometimes the NJPW card, sometimes the Ring of Honor cards, and that's fine. Sometimes we do it all in once a year. That's fine. But at some point, somebody's going to take a lot of money and throw it at the idea of let's make WCW. Let's make a secondary run at, at going against WWE. The fact that we may have identified the people who actually have that money and now we have a trail of Cody tweeting all over the Jaguars and, and maybe there's a connection here. It's very interesting, especially if we're going to bring in guys like JR and Jericho who have the knowledge and know-how. I'm not saying this means Paul <laughs> Heyman is leaving WWE. I'm not saying this means Omega and the Young Bucks and Cody are definitely in next fall 2019 as we launch this Axis TV new promotion but I'm saying for a revolution to happen, you needed the, I mean, laugh it up, but you were wrong this whole way on the revolution. So for the revolution to no, happen, I wasn't. I've been right the whole way. What the hell are you talking been about? Keep going. outright wrong the whole way. And Nick Costas, no, who was on the show, put you in your place for, no, for us to get to the end game. You need to build the foundation. What has been the foundation? Five star wrestling matches in Japan. Chris Jericho crossing the border. The incredible fourth match between Omega and Okada leading into all in the cruise. All these things are building a foundation. If the next block to be put on top of that foundation is somebody with a lot of money actually trying to start a rival TV deal promotion. That's very interesting. It's worth talking. It's worth saying, hey, guys, this may or may not have happened. Let's keep our ears to the ground. It's easy to do the Adam Silverstein and go, ha, ha, ha. They'll never compete with Vince. So let's not talk about it. You That's not what I'm laughing same, at. You're the That's same guy who at. said Jericho was one and done with the revolution. So you're did the you. the same guy. No, no, so did you, Beast. Yes, you did. No, I'm not. You're the yes, same you guy who said uh, all in would never sell. So I'm just saying, hey, all I'm asking, all I'm, I have one question for you, Adam. 
rewriting history. Are you all in, Brian? Oh, come on. Oh, come oh, on, Brandy. Oh, Brandy. Come on. If, you're, if you follow Brandy on Twitter, then you're all into, all right? Of course I'm all in on Brandy. Everyone's all in on Brandy, of course. Brandy is the revolution. Thank you. Thank this you. Is you. This is you rewriting history, by the way. You no, agreed Vince with McMahon me. rewrites history. No, you agreed with me initially. I'm going to put this out there. When the Chris Jericho stuff happened, oh, yeah, it's probably his only – He'll never do this again. He's not going to turn. You agreed with me on that. Let's not change history there. Number two, I'm not going to go back and do the all in thing. We talked about that last week and you tried to rewrite history there. Number three, I agreed with you. After watching all in, we sat here. I said, BC, this is like this and the MSG show. I said to you, this is the clearest sign that something actually is happening. So ever since then, you can't say I haven't been bought into your concept of this. And what's your issue with this? What's your issue? Because there's a huge leap from Ring of Honor in New Japan running a show at Madison Square Garden in New York and selling it out on WrestleMania weekend, which probably Ring of Honor on its own probably could have done just because it's WrestleMania weekend and it's Madison Square Garden and it's New York City where there's millions upon millions of wrestling fans. Okay, it's a huge leap to go from that and from a son of an NFL owner following a couple people on Twitter and vice versa, becoming friends because they've met and known each other to saying, oh, there's going to be this huge promotion that rivals WWE and they're going to put the kind of money behind it that would be required to actually rival WWE. You know what has to happen before you do that? You have to get a TV deal. And you know what has to happen before you get a TV deal? You have a TV station that's willing to air wrestling and put and and give it a primetime slot. You know who's not a station that that it may, means anything for? Access TV. Well, it may that, not be it, Access on, TV. It, it isn't on my television that. and isn't on your television, BC. I get that. I didn't say the deal was signed. I'm saying if you're looking for reasons to believe the revolution is going places and could go places, this is another positive sign. I mean, It's you... not a sign. It's a BS internet report oh, from wow. a BS website. Wow. Here we go. So there's if no there truth was something to it. Real, All BC... the other rumors of the people saying that there's talk, it's not real. It's not BC, real. if Meltzer or Wade Why, why Keller... are you like life or death on Meltzer? Like I get his reputation, I'm not life but you're like if Meltzer. Meltzer didn't say it, it's not real. Like, well, like... I, was, I was in the middle of mentioning like 10 names, but you cut me off after the first one. If him or Mike Johnson, a PW Insider, or Wade Keller, or any reputable wrestling journalist reported something along these lines, I would indulge you and we could talk about it for an hour. I'd be willing to go there. You're really I'm saying excited. Is if BC, Adam BC coming out of all it, in. It's not coming real. out of all in BC. You at, when we discussed what should be next. I'm the one who suggested that NWA should hire Cody and the Young Bucks and allow them to run their promotion and do exactly what we're talking about. So I'm in for something like this, then but I'm not going to go on and on talking about it off of a BS report, off of a not even a dirt sheet, a place that prints BS. It's not real. If there's something real to talk about, I'm down. There's not. Oh, I found the list of uh, DMs. Here's Adam's going to read his first positive DM. Hold one. Arm drag. Oh, the paper's falling down onto the ring. It's drag. Hold two. Arm bar. Uh, yeah, well, look, I'm excited. I'm excited that there's rumblings. I want to see the revolution. There's matter. not rumblings. It's BS. If there were rumblings, it would be great to talk about. I've seen other wrestlers confirm that there's talk. It's not 100% BS just because your boy no, you Meltzer haven't. said it. All right. No, you haven't. All right, just because you haven't just seen Adam that, you want to believe it, it, and Meltzer didn't print it, then suddenly it could never happen. Again, like, again, on. I just mentioned ten names. Meltzer's one of them, and if you don't think Dave is the longest tenured, most respected wrestling journalist out there, I don't know. I can't. I'm not gonna have that argument with you. He is. I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying he needs to confirm something for it to be real, but if he did said. report it, I would believe it. Hey, 
walk-on revolution. It's going to happen whether you stand on the corner saying the sky isn't falling or not. It's coming, Adam. It's I would coming. love I would love for Billy Corgan and Dave Lagana and NWA to say, hey, we realize we just put on a piece of crap pay-per-view that all of our fans are pissed off that they paid for. And I would love for them to say, hey, why don't we hire Cody and the Young Bucks, who granted they had some ROH help, but were able to put on a fantastic-looking all-in show that, you know, critically reviewed, extremely praised top to bottom. And I'd love for that to happen. That's the thing I see happening potentially, but I don't have any basis in reality. I'm BSing on the podcast on something that I think would be awesome if it happened. The revolution wasn't built in a day, one step at a time. (laughs) You're you're amazing. All right. There's more, (laughs) there's more for us to talk about. There's also the report out there. Um, Actually not a, it is a report that Fox wants more of a pro sports feel for SmackDown when it joins them in October 2019. And separately, UFC heavyweight and lightweight champion Daniel Cormier has come Light out. Light heavyweight. Light heavyweight, sorry. And said that he, you know, that's not my, not my bag. Um, that he has had a planned tryout with WWE in Orlando for a commentary position. Now, he said that got delayed because of this UFC 230 fight that's coming up next Saturday. But BC, you and I have said this privately. We would love Daniel Cormier in a WWE commentary position. What do you think about that actually becoming a reality? And simultaneously, what do you think about Fox trying to assert itself that WWE SmackDown should have more of a pro sports feel? I love everything about all of that, certainly. Look, um, I love the idea of Fox sort of getting the SmackDown deal because it's going to put wrestling front and center. Okay, Friday night might not be the best night, but Friday night it's going to be live and there's going to be shoulder content and there's probably going to be post-game shows, which really I think wrestling coverage has needed. We've come a long way in the last three years of like sites like ESPN and CBS Sports jumping on board, having people dedicated to cover wrestling. We travel to events and we cover it. Not like it's a real sport, obviously, because we're admitting it's fake, but covering the everything that's around it, criticizing it like it's a TV show, all of that. There's a way to do that a little bit more seriously. Look, on CBS Sports, I sit down and do videos in front of a camera where somebody sitting at a desk asks me to critique and break down my expectations of pay-per-views and how I think the booking was. That's the way to do it. So if Fox wants more of a sports feel... I think that's what the future of wrestling actually is. It doesn't mean you don't have storylines. It means you, you're you a little more transparent and educated in the way you present it. To me, it's kind of some of the things I really love about NJPW, that it, it sometimes is presented more as sort of fake MMA than it is as pro wrestling. And I think WWE can only potentially benefit from and can gain more fans by presenting it more as a sport and playing up the athleticism. Obviously, you're never going to reveal on the air that it's fake and nobody watching doesn't know that it's already fake. But I think if you present it more as serious and intense, that the wins matter, all of that. If this is really part of how Fox wants to do it and having a guy like Daniel Cormier can bring in crossover viewers, because that's the real hook of this. Fox is going to promote SmackDown on NFL shows, on Thursday Night NFL, this is a big deal. Yes, then I want it taken more seriously by casual fans, and I think part of that is how you present it. That's not crazy. That's awesome. Let's do that. It is awesome, and um, I think changing the feel of SmackDown is very easy. It's very, very simple, like you said. You just make it more about the wrestling, and you make every match, just like you always want, you make every match mean something and matter. And if you do, in an NW, NJPW-esque fashion, not counting the... 10-man tags that they have, 17 every show. Um, But if you make every match feel like it matters or you run some type of tournament on it over the course of the year or 
you even introduce a new title or you adjust what the U.S. title means and actually have it shown on TV every week, which it hasn't been forever except when Nakamura is losing to Rey Mysterio. Those are all things you can do that make slight tweaks um, to make that show really mean something and be more sport-focused. And regarding Daniel Cormier, yes. I mean, I think I, I'm trying to remember my like range of emotions with Cormier, but I think, because I'm not a huge UFC fan, but ahead of the John Jones fight, I was like firmly in John Jones' camp. I was like, man, this guy's a beast. He's dominant. Cormier's kind of dorky. Like, I don't like him. And then all of a sudden, something changed. I don't know if Cormier just changed the way he spoke or got more confident or maybe it's just something I was missing in the comparison with John Jones. But I suddenly became a big Daniel Cormier fan like six months after that when I heard him on commentary for some UFC events. And then we had the moment with Brock Lesnar in the middle of the octagon. And I was like, man, this guy is made for professional wrestling. I know he loves it. He's a huge Seth Rollins mark apparently. I know he loves professional wrestling. But to get a guy like him brings so much legitimacy to a WWE call that you only really have right now when you have Booker T on there or with Mauro Ranallo on NXT. Because while some of these other guys are former wrestlers, they're not to the level that a Macho Man or a Jesse Ventura or even a Jerry the King Lawler who was a Memphis wrestling legend and WWE was able to sell that. Daniel Cormier is a legit badass and he's awesome and he loves professional wrestling. I would be floored for someone like him to get that opportunity. I think it would be great, and I don't even know what kind of tryout they need. He does commentary for UFC. Just pay the man. Get him on. Say, hey, October 2019, once you run through your like retirement fight that's kind of BS, and he's probably going to have another one after that, just sign up. WWE is your new home. Well, the other one after that will be uh, John Jones, John Jones. Trilogy, so yeah. that'll, that'll be legit. But yeah, gr- yeah, great stuff. All right, we're running. We're, we're way over on time. we got to get to Nikki Bella. Let's close. We do. Let's close with that NXT women's main event from last week. Did you watch this thing? It was amazing. I mean, they're both great. And they're the truth both is amazing. And I mean, we've both said it before, but it needs to be said from the rooftops for people to wake up and realize that Bianca Belair. I mean, she really has. Why don't you just man? I'm hitting the wrong buttons today. She has it, guys. OK, I, I, I the button moved on me. She has it. She, I mean, she has it. She is it. All of that. She's fantastic. <laughs> and this was her opportunity in the main event against Nikki Cross to really elevate. This wasn't the opening match against Lacey Evans. This was like, right. we're going to give you like 18 minutes. Dude, that match was insanely good. Intensity, big moves. Her swagger is incredible. Swagger's like Mick Jagger. Uh, I would say that she is great and everything you said is totally true. But... She is someone who, for me, is still like a year, 18 months away. Like, there's so much that promos still aren't really there. The ring attire and the way she's presented could be stronger and more, less corny. It's a little corny to me. So with I actually everywhere. love it. I actually think it's eh. it's a finished package now. And I love, don't. Like, without question. Without question. And I think that she's also an athletic, you know, freak in oh, a yeah, good way. Freak, she's yeah. a former track star. And she's married to Montez Ford. There's a lot going here. I like her heel swagger on the microphone. I, I will say, look, she's not a finished product. You're right. She does need more development. But when I look at her long-term potential, am I afraid of every woman or man going from NXT to the main roster that because okay. of the differences between the two, that NXT is presented more like real and the main roster is presented more as characters that they'll ruin her? Yes. 
And, and even if they make her the next Naomi, I think they'll ruin her potential. I think she has the kind of Ronda Rousey potential, not to be that big of a star, but to be presented as a real badass, to be presented as an athlete, not presented as a character. Well, and I know the hair is part of the gimmick, but if you chop that hair off tomorrow, I think just athleticism and physicality and swagger, she's got it, man. Well, what's going to be great is one day in the distant future when there's a hair versus hair match and she loses and that, that thing gets cut off, that's yes. going to be awesome. Um, I, I hope they don't ruin her. I wish right now no, you no, no. I, listen, that... I, I hate that everyone just kind of jumps to, oh, well, they, they'll ruin her when she gets to the main roster. The truth is most people that leave NXT and go to the main roster aren't ruined. All right, and there's not a role. Not everyone can be champ, world champion. But they're just, just not, the even when they get good pushes, they're not presented with the same Sometimes. gritty, gritty seriousness as is NXT. Look, NXT serious. It's about the wrestling. It's everything we said yeah, we yeah. want SmackDown to be. And dude, uh, Nikki Cross was great, but that storyline with uh, Alistair oh, Black at the end amazing. when he shows up Undertaker style and her whisper and her. Re- reacting to all his movements like he could control her with his hands yep. and then the whispering I love and love. his and his reaction like turning purple in the face ready to explode after he finds out who it was it's great i am so excited to watch tonight this is wednesday again when we tape i'm so excited to watch i am able to keep myself away from nxt spoilers i love that i'm able to do that with myself because i love watching it every week and being surprised and also doing it for the podcast so that when we're so that when we're talking, we don't know what the result is. You know what I mean? We don't know what happens four weeks from now. I don't know any war games matches right now. I know a couple have been announced. I love that I'm able to do that. And I would really only do it for NXT because if you told me SmackDown was taped every week, well, I'd probably read those results and then yeah, and just watch on Friday and fast forward. They won't do it on Fox because they'll probably get afraid and think that oh, they can't. their way is the right way. But if they presented SmackDown on Fox exactly with the same feel and presentation as NXT is. I, dude, it would get so many new fans. I know it's opposite of WWE's thinking. They're thinking of push superstars, create uh, people that move merch, all that stuff. It's all about characters and blah, blah, blah. If you presented, if you allowed a match like Nikki Cross, Bianca Belair, and put it on Fox, Adam, I have to believe people would watch the athleticism and, and the, the grittiness and be like, I got to watch this every week. Am I wrong? Am I only speaking for the, the extreme hardcore mark? portion of this audience i think you can win over lapsed fans better doing this than you can introducing them new versions of the undertaker yeah absolutely i mean this is a product that has a huge audience but that said i think the audience that would like this knows how to find it and wwe network is not so expensive that it's cost prohibitive for people to say well i don't really watch the main roster but i don't want to pay for the network to watch nxt no you it's worthwhile especially when you get 205 live and the may young classic and some of this other stuff it's a worthwhile investment and all the library too. So I, I don't think NXT is difficult to find or needs to be promoted better. That said, if it keeps going the way it's going and SmackDown on Fox works really well in October 2019, by the time October 2020 rolls around, I wouldn't be surprised if we see NXT on FS1. Yes, yes, yes. All right. We got to roll right. on. We got to roll on to the guest of the week. I'm fired up for this. Yes. So we have Nikki Bella. We just spoke to her moments before recording this podcast vc is there anything you want to say as an intro other than holy cow no enjoy <laughs> nikki bella you, we can listen but we can't touch the longest reigning <laughs> divas champion in the history of the free world nikki welcome cbs sports how you doing great to hear your voice Oh, thank you. I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, we are doing great. We are days away as are you. Uh- 
of such a big event, WWE Evolution, the first all-women's pay-per-view. This is this Sunday, October 28th, Uniondale, Long Island, 7 p.m. Eastern on that WWE Network. Got a lot to talk to you about, Nikki, on that category, but want to press pause first and just address the biggest story in wrestling, Roman Reigns, friend of the show, friend of everybody, the, the big news this week. Uh, your personal experience, what was that like for that to hit the locker room and, and, and to band around Joe, Roman, whatever you want to say, and everything he's going through? Um, you know, I get like the deepest chills when you bring that up. But um, I think everyone's still in a lot of shock, but it's, it's extremely sad. Um, it, it's very unexpected. You don't ever think you'll hear those words from your living day Superman. And, um, but anyone that can fight through this is Joe. I think Joe is just so beyond brave to go out there and to speak how he did. I just, to me, he's so inspiring and so motivating to never give up. And I just, I'm just going to keep him so much in my prayers, my thoughts as all of us should, because we all want our big dog back. Um, the show is definitely going to feel so different without him. His presence is so strong and he's just, He's a very amazing, beautiful man, and he's beautiful inside and out, and I'm just praying so hard for him. Yeah, that, no question. We appreciate your candid response. And, yeah. you know, considering this news, mm -hmm. and, and look, you've been through some tough stuff in and out of the ring, neck injury that almost cost you your career. How much does this sort mm -hmm. of make you really treasure every moment, every opportunity? I mean, this Sunday's card is so historic on its own, but does this put it all into perspective of the, of the gifts that you have for this profession and these opportunities? I mean, it does. It's, you know, it shows you life is so precious and to enjoy every moment of it. And every day we wake up to be so grateful for that and to be so grateful for the opportunities we get to have and that come in front of us, just like evolution. I can't tell you how honored I am to be a part of it, to be a part of history. I never thought like, you know, I've always wanted change for women, and I've been with the company for almost 12 years, and I have worked so hard inside and outside of that ring. I have had blood, sweat, and tears in that ring. I have shared it with other women. I I've just have always wanted more, but sometimes even though you're part of a path, it doesn't mean that you are going to be there at the finish line to enjoy it. You just are part of the movement, and I can't believe that I still get to be around, to be a part of the most historic day for women in the WWE for evolution. And I just think of all the women that can't be there who have created such a beautiful road for all of us in the past. And I just want to think of them and, you know, I wish that they were there, but I just feel so honored that I get to be there. Very well said. Indeed. You will be there for all we know. You may be in the main <laughs> event because this is a hot fire feud with raw women's champion, Ronda Rousey. Uh, star power galore, Nikki Bella. And I want to start right here. D-N-B. Do nothing Bellas. I mean, number one, how dare she? But number two, Nikki Bella's a winemaker, a clothing designer, a reality TV star. Does Rhonda not follow you on social media? Is she missing the boat here? I guess not. I don't know. Or maybe her definition is something else. But I, you know, I'm exact opposite. And I, you know, I didn't want to speak of it too much because I was like, well, I mean, yeah, this is kind of a thing where like, instead of talking the talk, I just walk it. Like, I wish I could get more sleep, but I do run two companies and being an executive producer, I think 
sometimes people think like you're either handed that title or not. I had to work so hard for it for so many years. I do so much work in the back of the shows um, as far as research and creative. And I mean, the list goes on. It, it takes up a lot of time. It's like having an office job. And not only that, having a YouTube channel and film, like right now, I'm, my comeback has consisted of filming Total Bella season four, providing YouTube content, um, doing work on Total Divas season eight, as well as nonstop working for Birdie B and Bella Radici, as well as we're launching French Wine 2019. And so it's been insane. And my sister's a mom on top of it. But as far as do nothing, it's, do a lot of something <laughs> or a lot of a lot of things, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's do it all, Rhonda. So take that. But seriously, look, this. Feud, yeah, do it all. Yeah, do it all, Bellas. This feud has been so good because as any great wrestling feud, when it gets a little personal, Nikki, when you cross over, when it becomes mm-hmm. a work shoot, if you will, as the Mark fans like to say, yeah. it feels extra spicy. You've been a part of more than a few of these really good extra spicy feuds. Let me recall <laughs> the uh, Mike and Maurice feud heading into WrestleMania at 33. Let me recall the great work you did with Bree back in the day. I wish you died yeah. in the I mean, that's some wild and wacky stuff. When it gets this personal... <laughs> And you know us, the journalists, the fans, we're going nuts. Does it fuel and yeah. fire you up the same way? Or is there an emotional price to pay for sometimes bringing that dirty laundry to the forefront like that? Um, there's definitely an emotional price to pay bringing it. Um, I think sometimes that's what the fans don't realize, what we what we give them. Um, at the end of the day, we're still human beings. So stuff still hurts. It can still make us very emotional. I mean. It, you know, to be honest, this comeback, it was so soon for me to come back because this was very much my happy place I shared with someone, but it was for the women and it was for evolution. And so that's why I was like, I absolutely want to come back. But there was a part of me that after I said, yes, I was like, can I handle this? Like at the end of the day, I'm still a woman who went through a very public breakup and it affects me. And so it has taken, I'm not even lying, so much meditation before I walk into that building to hold my chin up high and bite my lip and not want to cry and be at a place where I literally see that man's face everywhere I turn, whether it's on a truck or a poster. Um, so there isn't, you know, we, we do pay for that. But at the end of the day, I love what I do and I want to sell a pay-per-view. I want to have an amazing match. I want to have an amazing story going into it. And I do it all for the fans, whether they like me or not. I do it for them. I do it for the Bella army because for you guys, it's your escape that when you have a hard day at work or whatever you're going through at life, you tune into us to have that escape of like, let me get lost in my imagination and just give me a bunch of superhero and villains. And that's the sacrifices we make for you guys. You know, it's like, even look at Joe, Joe can't wait to fight and get healthy and get back in that ring to perform for all of you. And that's like just so beautiful what the WWE superstars do. So, you know, we just, we kind of put this protective shell over us and whether it hurts or not, we go out there and we just want to give our best performance. You know, you're in such a unique position because not only are you a WWE superstar, not only are you on one reality TV show, you're on two. So you have fans, media, they're not just necessarily judging how you do in the ring, what your storyline is like, but your personal life as well. And not to get into any specific yeah. details, I'm just curious 
how difficult is it for people to maybe think that things that are happening in your real life aren't real because you're a professional wrestler? Right. Um, it's, it's extremely difficult. Um, I get text messages all the time, like, are you okay? Or this, or, Hey, um, my, my friend called me and said that she saw this headline. Like, is this true? And it's just, it's nonstop. So it's definitely hard, but that's why, like, especially with total Bellas, Bree and I, we are just such an open book because we're like, look, this is who we really are, like it or not. But we know how many people are going to sit on that couch and relate to us and know that they're going through the same stuff. Even when I showcased a lot, when I went through on the last season of total Bellas, um, it was like, I didn't tell the cameras in some moments to stop rolling, even though I wanted them to, but I, I knew how many, you know, even men, but like a lot of women were going through something like that. And I can't tell you how many of them have reached out. Like, thank you for not letting me feel alone and all these different things. And, and I think then we go to the ring and then we get into these storylines and then people are like, wait, why would she say that? Like, is that who you are? And it's like, no, like, let's just step back for a second and, look at this situation. So it's definitely hard. Um, but I think that's why I take my story so personal because I am a reality star now. And when I feel like that's a very big target for me, when I come step into the ring and it's like, you know what, I might as well just bring it here because they're going to go there anyways. So let's just go there. Now, Nikki, the, the trash talk in this feud is certainly what brings a lot of people to focus on it, but the foundation from the storyline of what makes this so good is it's two eras competing against each other in theory, right? It's like the new yeah. evolution, right. you know, women's revolution era with Ronda Rousey against Nikki Bella representing the Divas era. But the true reality here is you were in that hashtag give Divas a chance movement match. You've been there since the beginning. Yeah. Outside of the storyline, do you ever feel slighted that, you know, the narrative is Triple H and the NXT four horsewomen have changed the game for women's wrestling. When, you know, you sort of bridge both eras. Do you feel you get enough credit in that regard? You know, definitely not. And I guess I've just never been someone like, I don't need the credit, but it's the lack of, it's the disrespect constantly of having to be the punching bag. And I think that's hard. Cause you know, as we know, especially at WWE, I mean, they are pros that perception is reality. So however they, perceive someone they make everyone believe that 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 oh that person is that person and they're pros at that and for some reason my sister and I have been turned into the punching bags like oh put them with this person and let them talk bad about the bells it'll elevate them and that's who we've become and we've been that for a very long time and it, it gets exhausting and at times I'm not gonna lie it gets very frustrating because for some reason, we've been the women that don't care about wrestling, but I've been here for 12 years. I've broken my neck for this business and I've come back. I absolutely love wrestling. I have a passion for that. You know, I was talking about it earlier. Bree and I are one of the only females of the past that debuted as wrestlers. We debuted in Pennsylvania as no one's against Victoria. Like we didn't come in as Edge's girlfriend or Vicky's wedding planner or Teddy Long's <laughs> personal assistant. Like we just debuted as wrestlers. And then the minute they said, hey, we don't have enough time or there isn't enough stories right now for twins wrestling when we are done with that story, we just weren't happy eating catering in the back. We're like, how can we get back on the show and then we could get on live events and wrestle? So we came up with celebrity ghost, uh, celebrity host assistance that got us back on the show. And guess what? It got us booked on live events so we could go wrestle again. And that's my sister and I, no one will ever give us that credit or, 
you know, talk about those things because we've become like, no, use them for this because they have this outside success or they have that. And that's, you know, it's fine, but it's just like the word diva. I was in so many meetings saying we are going to make this mean something. We're going to make it powerful and strong and beautiful. And it also gave a SmackDown women something to compete for. We were competing for nothing. And so we were like, yes, let's women, let's make this so strong and powerful. And that's what we made the Divas Championship become. Something beautiful like that. And if you look back, so many little girls would show up wearing that Divas Championship. They actually still do. They loved it. And I think that's what's hard for the women of that era now is because, you know, Triple H and that group decided to say it was a bad word. It was like, wait, what do you mean? You guys taught us for years to make this an amazing word. And that's what we did. We put our blood, sweat and tears into this. And I was a part of that. I I saw the work that went into that and it was beautiful. And then I got to be a part of the work of that bridge, like you said, of when people wanted to see more of us. And that was beautiful. And then when it gets taken away from the diva era, that hurts me. That's why I'm back. You think a diva is a bad word? Well, then I'm going to kick your ass and show you how diva isn't a bad word. Because what those women represent, when you look at the champions, Michelle McCool, Beth Phoenix, Melina, AJ Lee, Paige, Brie Bella, Eve Torres, they're strong, fierce women that cared and worked really hard. And so I'm here to remind people of that history. Like, you want to praise Attitude Era, you want to praise the girls that did bra and bikini matches, but you want to discredit women that worked hard because it's a butterfly on a championship that we didn't design. That's not okay with me. That's not empowering. So I think evolution means a lot of things. And I hope after evolution, we can stop talking about diva being a bad word. You know, my sister and I and the other total divas always joke like, oh, we're sorry for giving you a hit reality show. We're just doing what, you know, you tell us to do, but Okay. Um, it, you know, it has effect, like we get blamed for this, but wait, you would tell us to be here. And so I'm here to stick up for those women to, you know, remind people of how hard they've worked. Hashtag continue to give divas a chance. Very well said, Nikki Bell. I really like that that answer, how you broke that down. WWE Evolution, yeah. big time business this Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern, WWE Network. You and mm-hmm. Ronda Rousey for that Raw Women's title. On the way out, last question to yeah. go home here. We love us some Brie Bella on the show. She took some tough criticism mm. for, I don't know if there was a botch in there. Somebody got injured a couple times in a row. I could see both sides of the story, but it started to get a little bit negative. How, was, how hard was that for you guys to sort of bounce back from everybody suddenly going, why is Brie in the ring and forgetting sort of, you know, her story, her comeback and everything that went with that? Well, what's been unfortunate and, you know, the things we don't really talk about is, you know, the first suicide dives that was mistiming but it it goes on the person and this is all moves there's so many moves that people think the person actually doing it botches but you have to think of the person who is supposed to be there to take it where was their timing where you know and majority of the time when botch moves happen the timing isn't correct on both people it's just not one person but it always sucks when you're the person who's giving the move when the timing happens and then the situation with Liv I mean I think what's fresh, I think that's what shows, you know, how much Brie and I have crossed over is it turned into this knockout. I mean, there was no blood, no concussion, no broken nose, and it turned into a really big deal. And I think when you played it in slow-mo, it was a lot worse, but still that whole situation wasn't great. And, you know, we are so grateful that Liv got to make it to Australia and she's doing okay. But where I thought was unfair is my sister had a tweet 
my sister got shamed so bad and bullied terribly for what? I think every week stuff happens. Where's Alexa Bliss? There's no tweet there. And that's where I think it's always my sister and I that things get poured on us so bad. And it's like, what did we do wrong? I didn't see Seth Rollins tweeting when John's nose was on his see the bullying him or coming down on him. I sat in the hospital with John all night. And those are like the things that it's like, why was it different with Brie? And we sit here and we promote anti-bullying or we're talking about women. But why did that happen to my sister? And that was very, very disappointing to me. I'm not going to lie. And it's made Brie and I like, I cannot wait to just start to fight for this for anti-bullying. And I'm just so over people getting bullied. And so that situation just it, it wasn't right. Very, very well said. Again, appreciate the candid, honest answers. Yeah. Can't wait to see you Sunday night. That's Great nice. having the Bellas back. The do-everything Bellas, if you will. Nikki, thanks so much for your time. Yes, do-everything. Thank you guys so much. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. She brought it. Straight up. She brought it. Do-everything Bellas. She brought it. I was not expecting that. I'll be honest. I thought we'd have a really nice interview with her. We got a couple interesting quotes. She went off, and uh, I loved every second of it. It was great. I, I like to actually hear her defenses on things like the crap Brie took, on things like the idea that the Divas revolu- the Divas era is all bad. Like I, I thought there were really well-educated responses, and she makes some interesting points. I didn't love the Divas run. I thought her work in the Divas run was the best of it when she would feud against AJ Lee, but I didn't like it, but that doesn't mean... Like she said, that it that it's deplorable. Like, I don't think she does. I'll, I'll agree on this. I don't think she gets the credit she deserves for spanning both, you know, both yes. uh, eras. And I do think that as much as I love the Four Horsewomen of NXT, the originals, and I do give them the credit that the narrative is a little biased and changing. You know, Steph takes too much credit. Trips takes too much credit. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. like if they really want to give themselves credit, then make the main roster women's game look like NXT more often than we will. But uh, right. overall, man, great stuff from Nikki. She wasn't afraid to get into things, including, you know, dealing with the breakup with John Cena, dealing with all of that. Um, she which, lo- which, which, by the way, which, by the way, breaking the fourth wall a little bit, was not a topic that we thought would be discussed. On, and, you know, we didn't, certainly didn't bring it up. But I loved that she brought it up herself. Yeah, yeah, we all we all kind of t- danced around it, and, and and she went, she opened the package right up, and it and it was it was very well done. Um, I, I didn't. It's weird. I I would say naturally I cheered against her most of her career from a fan standpoint, but I have a lot of respect for her coming back from the neck injury, and I think her star power is needed right now, and I think we'll get into that in the preview. But um, well, the star power is needed because they're they they ruined Bailey and Sasha, true. Ronda Rousey versus Sasha. That would have been a massive main event. Like that would that would have been I wouldn't have even thought twice about putting that over Charlotte and Becky. I guess I just like that she's by not changing as the you know, she changed by not changing at all as the change around her happened. I think she's become better and more valuable because of it, because now she's so different than everybody who's starting to look more like the evolution women's period. Yes. Well I well more more athletic and less pure maybe beauty, I guess, is is the way to put it. I think she gets a lot of grief unfairly because even though the Divas era wasn't great, it was still a step up. We do forget, and she mentioned it, Beth Phoenix, Michelle McCool, it was still a step up from the Attitude Era women, yes. which the Attitude Era women were getting bra and panty matches, 
mud. You had uh, Miss Kitty taking her top off at Armageddon. <laughs> like that's what you know. That's what was going on then. You had Tori Wilson and her father and Don Marie and like all that crap that was going on. Like I, I vividly remember it, obviously, because I was a huge WWE fan then. The Divas era, at least, was wrestling. Now, at the end of the Divas era, which they showed on that Evolution special that aired after Raw, they started having like four-minute matches where it would be like three finishers and a pinfall, and fans would boo because they'd be like, what the hell was that? We actually want to watch some women's wrestling. So it progressively actually got worse. But the Divas era as a whole wasn't terrible. And I think she gets a lot of grief and is grouped in more with like the Sunnies and the Sables and stuff candidly because she's gorgeous and people think well when she and brie got hired they weren't wrestlers beth phoenix and michelle mccool to my recollection at least were wrestlers or joined primarily for wrestling if i remember they the bellas i think either won a diva search competition or they were they were previous models or whatever the case and their first wrestling training was at fcw so she doesn't get that credit of like working her ass off and becoming a professional wrestler. And like she said, really being a wrestler first because she's gorgeous. And that is maybe the first thing that Vince saw in her because I mean, she, they weren't displaying athletic ability. Whereas with Charlotte, whereas with Sasha Banks and Ember Moon, they all were athletic and certainly pretty as well. But that was a total package. Whereas with the Bellas, they weren't the Beth Phoenix, which was the Glamazon. It was no, athleticism no, and it. size. No need to go around the horde. AJ, AJ was right all along. Talent is not sexually transmitted. She didn't get yeah, that, I, she didn't get that talent I, from John Cena. She got it from herself. She's good. No, I know I repeated myself a bit there, but, but I do believe that. And I think that um, they do get unfairly criticized for that. I also thought, BC, you tell me what you think. Uh, the way she stood up for Brie was... I mean, we trashed Brie a little bit. And I felt a little I bit bad she... at how much we trashed Brie, only because then everyone else on the internet took it way too far. They did. I w- I think we were a little bit too harsh on Brie. I think we were right on some things, but um, harsh it... but fair. Yeah, harsh but fair. And then it went way overboard. And I, and I was glad to give her that platform to stand up from their side because it did go way overboard. So that that was cool, and she didn't back down on it. But we want to avoid a uh, three-hour show here, so we need to get into Sunday's card. We mentioned it: Evolution. Uniondale, Long Island, history in the making, 7 p.m. Eastern on your WWE Network, the first all-women's card. And I got to say, you said it last week, and I got about 18 tweets and DMs this week that I didn't print out, by the way, that uh, are all the people saying, how can they butcher this card so bad? Have you ever imagined they would finally have a women's card and it sucks this bad? I know, again, I don't want to give you a Nick Costos opposite take for the sake of it, but I, I, I actually really like this card. I do. There's two big matches we love, and I get the idea of why is Asuka not in a match? Why is Sasha? I get that. Would I prefer a better card? Yes. But as is, I really like this card because there's a lot of lot of good wrestling on it. If this was a women's promotion and this was this month's pay-per-view, no issue. No issue at all. In fact, I'd probably be like, damn, this is a damn good card. Well, I like that there's only one Legends match, and there's not like five of them. I, I actually like it. There's well, a- me too. Me too. But but again, this isn't just a women's pay-per-view. It's the women's pay-per-view and maybe the only one they ever do. But you can't argue with the top two matches. We all love the storylines. And I, Brian, you t- but w- this is what I was saying last week. When you talk about the women that actually made the revolution slash evolution, they're shoehorned 
in a battle royal and a six-woman tag. Okay, aside but my from, point aside is, from the main event. My point from- is I can get over that. My point is you're right, they're right. It could have been better. All you need to say You could argue be... that it should have been better. I'm saying as is, it's really not that bad. As is, I actually kind of like it more because this May Young final matters. This NXT rivalry's been great. I'm interested to see if Rhea Ripley can raise her game to another level for this match. I'm, I'm kind of all in here. All you really needed to say those were those first two words. You're right. That's If you stick with that, you'll go far. Okay, BC, let's get into this card. We'll start off with the Battle Royal, which is really the most throwaway match on this entire thing. Um, basically, everyone who's not in a match on the show is in the Battle Royal. Who do you think wins? Uh, and does it matter? It doesn't. Well, it does matter because somebody's getting a, potentially a title shot. But the fact that they've kept it so cryptic and sort of like a future title opportunity, it's worthless then in that regard. I like the mix of old, young, and new in this so um, it's look, it's been presented bad. We're expecting it to be bad. I hope they surprise us and book it pretty cool. I would like Asuka to win because I don't want to see Asuka, uh, you know, fall away and become obsolete. So I'm predicting Asuka. It doesn't really matter, obviously, but it kind of she kind of needs to win this. Well, it feels like a SmackDown woman should win, considering there's no other SmackDown women on the show except for the main event. Like you have the Raw women's title match. You have the Trish Stratus match, which has been built on Raw, obviously includes Alexa Bliss. We'll get there. And then you have the six-woman tag, which is a Raw match. So it feels like this should be a SmackDown winner. So Asuka makes a lot of sense. Carmella also makes a lot of sense now that she's a face, and she would get cheered in a victorious situation. But for me, it just kind of feels like they're really pushing Ember Moon. So I'm going to go with Ember Moon. I don't know why. I don't think it's the right move, and I don't think I'll be correct. But it just feels to me like it would be Ember Moon. I, the one thing about this match I really love is when they announced it, the SmackDown women were all kind of pissed off because they thought they were going to get their own match, number one. Number two, Naomi sends a tweet, and she's basically like, hey, uh, I won the first one of these, and I still haven't got my trophy. Wow. And I never got a title they shot. They should give her Braun Strowman's trophy from the from the damn desert. Yeah, sure. wow. Yeah. So I, I did sneakily love that. Hey, okay. Battle Royal, give me four hot minutes, and let's get out of here. Yes. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm with you on that one for the first time. All right, NXT UK Championship. Rhea Ripley comes in as the champion against Isla Dawn. Um, I know you know Rhea Ripley, Ripley. Do you know Isla Dawn? I know nothing about Isla Dawn. I'm not woke on that side. Do you? Uh, not especially, which is strange considering I did watch NXT UK last week and they didn't even have anything on there about either of them. Uh, they don't have anything that I can recall where on TV Rhea Ripley's won the championship. So this is a match that's going to be on the show without any basis in prior television knowledge, um, it's, it confuses me why it's on. I understand it's because it's a women's title and they want to make this an all-women show. But this one for me is kind of out of left field. I kind of almost hope they just put it on the kickoff show. I, I just... kind of like it because I think Ripley's got giant star potential. For oh, she's Australia. great. She's and I think great. originally when she debuted at, at Mae Young last year, certainly and certainly I think she showed you like at like nearly six feet tall, she can be potentially great she's rebuilt her body she's like a muscular badass now and she's playing a very heel role she kind of turned her character around she's turned everything around and at first it kind of caught me off guard but i have to say it's almost like a mad max uh beyond thunderdome thing going on in uh she's pretty badass and i think she has considering she's probably the same size as charlotte yet much more muscular uh, 
she could she's got bright potential. I, I want to see this as a showcase opportunity for her. I'm, I'm looking out for her her here. I, yeah, I, mean, I, I do think she retains the title because honestly, I don't know what a title change would accomplish in this match when the fans probably won't know either of them or especially Isla Dawn. But um, again, just a little bit confused why it is on the show. We also have the finals of the May Young Classic 2, Io Shirai against Tony Storm. Have you watched any May Young Classic? I have not, and you can't make me. It's really, it's a shame. Ever since you said it was as good as the uh, CWC, I was like, I'm out. I'm done. I'm done. And not not only did I stand by that at that point when I said to that point, it's now been another week or two, and I still stand by it. That's how good it is. Last week's show was incredible. back the hedge. He says, it's great. It probably is good. I'll get around. I know there's that one match everybody's talking about. I love Tony Storm from the first time. Um a lot of talk about Shirai from her history, which I haven't watched a ton, but I certainly know her name and know of her, you know, her sort of growing legend there. Uh, again, if this is my first introduction, it's the final. Kind of excited about this. I want, I want, to, I want this to be a special match, and that's kind of again why I like this. There's, there's wrestling on this. There's a lot of wrestling on this, and that to me is the best way you can represent women in an evolution format than a even a Sasha Bailey blood feud. Yes, I said it. Go ahead, keep going. There are two. Well, there are two matches that can steal the show. This is one, and Becky Flair is the other. Um, I'm fully excited for this match. It's a shame. It's almost shameful that you haven't seen any of the May Young matches. My hope is when you see this, you say, okay, Silver King, give me four matches I need to watch from the Mae Young Classic. I, I just was so offended that you said it's it's as good as the Cruiserweight Classic. That's the ultimate you can model be offended, of wine. You can be offended, and then you can watch it and say, oh, well, he's right. Wow. As good as the CWC? That thing's golden. Now, you have to remember, the final three matches of the CWC were otherworldly, and I haven't seen any of those yet for this. Those air tonight on the WWE Network and then Sunday at Evolution. So I can't tell you the last three matches are as good, but to this point, it's different wrestling. I mean, it's not cruiserweight wrestling, obviously. It's women's wrestling. But in terms of entertainment value, storytelling, um, mic work for Michael Cole, Renee Young, and I think Beth Phoenix is on it also. I know, but you're comparing that mic work to Moro and Daniel Bryan. I mean, the mic work wasn't as good. But (laughs) my point is it's still very quality. And the presentation's been great. There's a huge, it's not even an angle. There's a huge angle. I think silently your point is it's really good. I think maybe you crossed too many lines with saying it's as good as the CWC, but I'll find out. I'll find out. If you haven't experienced it, I'll watch it. I'll find out. I'll get back to the, I'll get back to you. I'll get back to someone. It's like telling someone they can't hear Jimmy if they've never heard it in the first place. BC, you can't hear Jimmy on this. Cause you haven't even oh, bro. Listened. I've been, I've been pouring Jimmy all over steak long, long before you okay. tasted. Well, it. you oh, haven't bro. seen a second of this, so you can't comment on it and you can't tell me I'm wrong. If you, if you haven't even watched, I've it. spilled more Jimmy than you've drinking. All right, keep it going. All right. Uh, we do have that six woman tag match from raw Natalia Bailey and Sasha Banks against the riot squad. By the way, my prediction for the Mae Young classic, uh, final is Tony storm wins. I assume you'll do the same. Yeah. Yeah. That's my prediction. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm looking, I'm interested. Uh, Six woman tag match. Um, I'm just so depressed by this that I've seen it too it, often lately. Yeah, and this week on was it I'm raw? So, just, yeah. It was so it, it's bad. Um, I just wish they did something real with Sasha. It's such a shame. It, I'm pissed. I'm pissed. Why is Natty involved? This just this this. Well, I'm I'm happy that Natty's on the show. I'm happy that Sasha and, and, and Bailey are on the show. But give them meaningful matches. This is just really crap. This should be the tag team title match. It makes I no sense it, that they didn't do it for this. They could have built this, the same type of thing 
and yes, had Sasha Bailey against two members of the Riot Squad in the finals of it if they wanted to, or had Sasha and Bailey against Absolution, or had Sasha and Bailey against Naomi and Asuka, which you're talking about a really good match there. It gets three of the women that we really want, and Naomi's good too, by the way. It gets three of the women that we really want featured in a featured match for yeah. a title. Four, I don't know why they didn't give do me it. Four hot here, minutes. We're rolling on. Let's get here's, out of this. Here's, here's a good question. Did you see all the signs in the crowd? Were they planted by WWE? What'd they say? On Raw and SmackDown this week, there were at least a dozen signs on both shows. It looked exactly the same, so they might have been just printed and copied that said, We want women's tag team titles. Wow. I, I, I would not think that was planted. I would think that was people. A fan. Crowd. Yes. Do you think a fan made one sign, made copies, and passed it out? I think you Tristan Adelano made fan, made, made fan signs and made copies and passed them around. So I would normally believe that, as I thought with Hugger section and Cesaro section, right? The difference is two shows, two separate states, same sign at both. A little wishy-washy for me. I, I think they might be planted. That's just me. Um, but anyway, uh, I think the Riot Squad wins that match. What about you? Yeah, I think so. I think they, they need it. They need it more than that other makeshift team, the the hug and bug connection. Move on. I'm done with this match. Give me four hot minutes on the damn legends too. Is is, is Alexa Bliss going to be in this tag team match or what? Is it, what's happening That's, with that? I mean, it, it's certain. Look, they advertised her last night on SmackDown Tuesday night. Um, the advertising for the show still has her on it, but they ran an angle Monday night with Alicia Fox in her place, which really makes it seem it's going to be, it's going to turn from Trish Stratus versus Alexa Bliss. Kind of cool match. Lita versus Mickey James. Kind of cool match. The tag team kind of cool match. To Trish and Lita against Alicia Fox and Mickey James, who gives a damn? Like, just taking Bliss out would really ruin this, but that's where it looks like it's going. And it makes me violently ill to my stomach. Yeah, that, that well said. Well said, Steve. Let's roll on here. Four hot minutes. Get me right. out of there. I'm not against Lita and Trish having a moment, but let's make it as short of a moment as possible. Sure. I, and I do think they win. I think that's an obvious one. Okay, the meat of the card. As you like to say, BC, we got three major matches. I do hope that this third one, third one I'm about to mention is part of a triple main event, and they don't put it on early in the show. Kyrie Sane, the NXT Women's Champion, defending against Shayna Baszler. What have you thought of their first two matches? Obviously, the Mae Young One Classic final, the title change coming out of NXT TakeOver, I don't remember the city. Um, what do you think? Oh, Philly, I think? Maybe? I don't even yeah, remember. Yeah, this has been a fun feud. I'm really all in on it. I think Sane has been presented in, in a proper matter. I think style-wise, they really work well together with Sane being the smaller high flyer. And Baszler, I mean, she just keeps getting better. She knows her character so well, considering how little she's actually wrestled. I mean, she did a few years on the indies and trained MMA and wrestling with Josh Barnett, but it's like, man, she's good. And I think she's got to win here. I'm predicting her to win here. I think Baszler is going to play a main roster role sooner than later, and it's going to lead to a Ronda Rousey heel turn, and it's going to be awesome. And I'm looking forward to her to put Kyrie Sane to sleep. And I think what they did this past week on NXT, short squash match with Britt Baker. Baszler came in there, destroyed her arm. Referees called an end to the match for brutality. I know they've done that before. Fantastic. Baszler's the goods. Let's do it. Uh, give me four hot minutes and choke her out cold. Let's do it. She's absolutely great. Uh, I, I just... I go back and forth in terms of prediction here. Like on one hand, I do think she should win. And that will be my prediction that Baszler wins, takes the title off sane, rehabilitated aggressiveness. If you want to call it something like that, I do think it would be smart for them to play in the finish of the last match, have her get out of it or finish choking her out. You know, something like that. Um, the other side of me thinks like, well, you are right, BC. She's ready for the main roster. 
not necessarily in ring. She could still have a little ways to go there, but comment uh, 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 promo wise, character wise, she's a hundred percent there. And it kind of makes me think like, well, if Nikki has Brie come out and Baszler's on the card, wouldn't it be cool if Baszler had Ronda's back? And then they could have a tag team match at the next show and not have to have Ronda in another women's title match. So I keep thinking like maybe this is the opportunity to have her lose and move up to the main roster. But I also don't think it's legitimate for Kyrie Sane to be able to beat Shayna Baszler twice in a row. It, it doesn't make sense to, to me. I don't like quick NXT title changes. I like when they have them across a couple takeovers. And, and recently titles have been changing hands very quickly in NXT. But I do think Baszler should. And I do think she will ultimately win. Uh, moving on. You tell me if you think this is going to be the main event or not. I do think that WWE is going to save the SmackDown match for the main event. And we're going to have Ronda Rousey against Nikki Bella as the co-main Rousey, obviously defending the Raw women's title. We obviously spoke to Nikki Bella earlier. We already told her that we loved the build. BC, I thought on Monday night they did a great job. What about wait, you? Wait, wait, which match are you trying to talk to me about? You just mentioned both. I think they're going to save Lynch versus Flair for the main event. Nah, nah, Therefore... Nah, nah. Before the main event, I am bringing up Ronda Rousey against Nikki Bella. Ronda Rousey and Nikki Bella will be the main event. It is the main event. It should be the main event. I love Becky and Charlotte like anybody else, and it's been incredible. I would not be upset if it was, but look, Rousey and Bella have star power, and you kind of need star power to sell to men who may not be all in on the women's revolution. Wait, wait, if, wait, if you're if you're tuned into evolution, you're already bought in. It doesn't well, I, matter. I know, I know if you already it's not like we're selling pay-per-view here, pay-per-views here. We're selling uh 9.99 and you've already paid it. So I you've get already that. Paid, you're already on your free trial. So you are already you're already committed you're to watching. Considering buying a ticket. I don't know. I just feel like they've handled Rousey Bella perfectly and it's been intense and it's been personal and to hear Nikki talk about that and that it's not easy to be in a personal rivalry that's great this has been fantastic I think the match is going to be pretty cool because we haven't really seen them outside of a couple slaps or punches so you know Nikki's big and physical so this will be uh, this can be a very interesting match especially if it's done very snug so I want this to close the show Rousey's got to win though and I kind of don't want her to I want this to be a thing. I want this to be a feud. I'd love Bella to come out here as a champion and kind of reignite herself. And you can almost make a case for it, giving her value to them from the reality shows and the brands and all of that. But when you're doing a pay-per-view called Evolution, and it's about the <laughs> evolution of women's wrestling and moving away from the Divas era, you're not going to put the championship on a former Diva. You're going to do it to Rousey. She's your biggest star. You're going to keep playing that. I'm going to have to predict Rousey. But as a fan, I'm cheering for Nikki here. Yeah, I think that's a proper uh, prediction and sentiment. If this was any other pay-per-view, I think there's a case to be made for Nikki Bella winning the title and continuing a longer program with Rousey that stretches maybe until the Royal Rumble um, or at least through December of this year. And then Rousey wins it back, takes the title into WrestleMania. That makes all the sense in the world for me. But this is evolution. And you're right. I have to look at, A, they need a title change on the show. But is it going to be this one? Are they going to have Bella go over Rousey, who is being positioned as the face of the evolution, when really she's an added part to it? Charlotte actually, I would say, is the face, with Becky and Sasha Banks right over her shoulders or right next to her on either side of her. Rousey's kind of like coming up behind them, trying to overtake them. She's not there yet, at least in my eyes as a WWE fan. And you know I love Ronda Rousey, obviously. I've, anyone that listens to this podcast knows I love Ronda Rousey. Um, but yes, I do think ultimately Rousey needs to retain the title. 
And I think it's really the only direction for them to go. But I'm kind of with you. I would not be surprised if they did a change. And I don't think it would be bad. More important than anything, I don't think it would be bad. Part of me picking Rousey is uh, I think they want you know to send the fans home happy with a babyface win. And you know what? I'm also picking Charlotte and what you think will be the main event. So maybe that supports the idea that they can still do that as the main event and have Charlotte win and hope that the fans go up. But then you're gambling because the fans want Becky. Oh, I it's not want a Becky. It's not a gamble. If Charlotte wins, the fans will do. So that's kind of cements that Ronda's going last in my eyes. Okay. That's a fit. That's if you believe that, that Charlotte is going to win, then I will agree with you that Ronda should be, or will be, not should be, but will be the main event of the show. Yeah. Nice. I, on the other hand, think WWE is going to go in here and we'll transition to the SmackDown women's championship, which is also the last woman standing match first ever at the first ever women's pay-per-view. Um, with Lynch coming in as champion and she is on such fire that the only way I think Charlotte can win and take the title is if they do a legitimate double turn and they double turn flair as a heel and Becky as the badass face. So she keeps her character, nothing changes, but she just becomes the face side. And if they do a double turn, I think it is main event worthy. I mean, I think it's main event worthy no matter what, but I think it would make sense for it to be in the main event for the, for flair to win and Becky to beat the hell out of her and stand on top with the title saying, I'm going to take this back. Well, you know, I'm, I'm the queen of the revolution. Double turns an interesting yeah. idea. I think to pull it off, you have to have uh Charlotte cheat to win it or brutally beat her to win. Like, like not stop stomping her. I wonder, will we see Rick? If she, if there's no double turn, could He's they, supposed to be there, could I they think. close this match with her winning with Rick helping her win? And it's sort of a quasi heel face. Not sure what they are, but Rick's there and celebrating. And they use Rick to bring the cheers on her. That could you be know, interesting. You know what we could also see? We could also see Becky attack a very uh, frail. Oh, Rick's, God. Rick would love which that. Would be Rick would heel- take that bump in a second. And he would take it in a second. And his colostomy bag explodes all over. That'd be great <laughs> booking right there. I love that. Uh, all right, so here's the deal with this match. It's been such a fantastic build. You nailed it. Love it. I love that NXT segment this week. I love every, or the you know uh, Performance Center segment. Um, it should stay on Becky because she's doing an incredible job. But I really believe that they, even more than Rousey long-term, because they don't know that they're going to have her long-term, Charlotte's right. their woman. They're, that's the one for them. That's their one. And they want her to get to 17 championships to break Cena and Ric Flair's record. I said that. I believe it. She's done a lot of quick title changes before. I feel like she's going to win it here because they're going to keep the belt on Rousey. So they've got to have a title change here on this Evolution show. This is your title change. Charlotte wins it back. But it's interesting what they do with the fact that she gets booed and that Becky gets cheered. I like your idea of a double turn in some form. It's interesting. I want to see what they do with the storyline dynamics, but I think I got my heart telling me I got to go Charlotte. Not like it really matters, but especially if Flair is there, because when Flair is there, generally Charlotte's a heel. A double turn would make honestly so much sense. She, you know, she she is angry at the fans. Don't you see that Becky's the one that turned on me? How can you boo me? I'm the right one in here. It's 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 made for a double turn, and if we get one, it it cements Becky. Also, you know, we were comparing her a little bit to Steve Austin earlier and she's she's herself and she's a different character but it puts her in that austin role of now her being salty and angry and dta don't trust anyone is fully justified because of what charlotte did or what 
uh, Ric Flair did or what maybe Stephanie McMahon comes out and does. You know, and screw something up. Or Paige or whoever. brother. Don't trust anybody. Forget a Rousey Steph feud. I want to see a Becky Steph feud. I want to see Becky get that kind of business. Make her your Austin. Hey, it's interesting, man. Hey, if they do the flair thing, then maybe they do that in the co-main event. Rick comes out, low blow to Becky. I love that. I love a low blow on a woman. That's going to be fantastic. Come on, do that. It would be funny. The the crowd would never do this. It would be funny if, like, you had all women on the card, and then Flair came out and got booed. (laughs) Just because he's a guy and, like. Why is Flair here, you know? By the way, uh, just so everyone does know, apparently the kickoff show is going to be Renee Young, Beth Phoenix, and Paige. And when they made that announcement, I thought that was going to be the commentary team, which, candidly, I was kind of down on because I was like, well, Renee, as much as I do like her very much, we both do, lead commentary, you know, lead play-by-play person, not the best fit for her. Um, And then they announced it's going to be Michael Cole, I think, with Renee and Beth Phoenix. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, Beth, not great, but as long as we get Rick, I'll be happy all night long. All night long. All right, that's it. That's the end of the show. We can't go three hours. That's it. Special thanks to Nikki Bella. I got to say, I'm I'm excited about Evolution. They won me back over. They won me back over. Maybe not you, maybe not everybody else, but I'm ready. I do want to clarify, just because I think that it's a failure in terms of the promotion and what it could have been, that it's not living up. The build for it and the match matches on it and they're not being women's tag team titles just because i think all that's a mistake and therefore i think the build has been a failure we heard your take we heard your take doesn't doesn't mean i'm not excited for the show we heard your first take no second takes skip we heard them we heard them it's time to say goodbye okay okay no say goodbye goodbye say goodbye Okay, now get out of here. Well, that's right a little now. rough, Randy. Yeah, but it is rough. Yeah, wrestling is a rough sport. It is a rough sport. Man, too bad Charlotte Becky wasn't a Yamamite Indian strap match. We would find out the strapation. That'd be fantastic. All right, Adam, you have any messages, two words for the people as we walk away this week? We out. <laughs>